down for a second. <laughs> it's okay. At least it's easy to screw. <laughs> Unlike some people in this room. <laughs> Not me. I'm sure I'd be very easy to screw at this point. <laughs> Ladies. <laughs> Ladies. I'm a big Just celibate slut. Screw, screw. <laughs> celibate slut. That should be like a, a a band. Yeah, the celibate sluts. To, yeah, the celibate sluts. Oh my god, that would be the best band ever, the celibate sluts. <laughs> I want it. I want An it. All to girl band. Of yes. <laughs> well, now I really need to learn the guitar. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> celibate sluts. Celibate sluts. <laughs> All right, so now our pop filters are back on. <laughs> pop filters. Yay. All once, right. Once again? Yes, once again. <laughs> Hello, gentle listeners. Welcome to the Diogenes Club podcast of Buffy, Slayer of the Vampires. There are spoilers ahead and swears ahead, so if those aren't your thing, please turn off the podcast. This time, we'll be discussing Buffy Season 2, Episode 7, Lie to Me, wherein Giles weaves a breathtaking, heartbreaking lie. As always, <laughs> I am Jen, and this is Snard. Michelle. Because yeah, you insist on calling yourself by your correct name. That's weird, right? <laughs> <laughs> for the girl. Microphone condoms. Yeah. <laughs> well, Wait. Better for the girls. The ethical the sluts and the microphone condoms. <laughs> <laughs> That's our new punk rock band. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so snard. Uh-huh. I was pondering our Ripper arc. Um, because all I think about is this fucking show. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Me too. I actually dream in it even if when I haven't watched it. I do too. Yeah. <laughs> there aren't many days I don't watch it. But um, So you remember in Reptile Boy uh, when Giles threw that elbow and we were all, we see you, Ripper. Mm-hmm. Uh, so do you remember how Xander threw his, his very nice punch and he hurt his hand because he's a newbie at punching? Yeah. I think we were absolutely supposed to notice how easy and painless that elbow was for Giles. That's a really good point. I think that's actually a really good point. It was it was telling us that there's something up with this dude. Yeah. Because it was a reflex and he didn't hurt at all. Yeah. He has oh, thrown that's a really, really good point. <laughs> Giles has thrown many elbows in yeah. his day. So it's it's the same as uh, oh, that was my first spell casting. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Mm. How interesting. Yeah, because I mean, because you you know, you do the martial arts. Uh-huh. Elbows. I mean, people think they're gonna be less painful. But they hurt the free shoot. Yeah, times. you've got to learn how to throw everything. Yeah. And, and the I shot don't care goes all the way up your arm. Or, and, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it, it's like everything you do, you need to learn the right body mechanics right. to not hurt yourself because we're, we're made of little breaky parts. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> and I mean, and you've got, your, you've got your funny bone in there. And if you mm-hmm. don't know exactly how to strike, your arm's going to go numb. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. And then you'd be doing the same thing like, oh, that was really effective, but ha, ha, I can't feel my yeah. hand. We'd have Giles and, and Xander standing there, ow, 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 <laughs> ow. But, I mean, very noticeably, it did yeah. not bother Giles that's in the least totally bit. And he knocked that dude out. Yeah. <laughs> he knocked a big dude no, out. That's that very thing. true. And he got the ripper face. He did. Yeah. <laughs> I love the ripper face. <laughs> so intense. So, um, okay, about this episode, about Lie uh-huh. to Me. Yes. Uh, so we've, we've said it before. Uh, Passion of the Nerd on YouTube does a great job with this episode. And so I highly, highly recommend watching it. And, okay, yeah. you know, I... I really was going to try to tackle some of the existentialism in this episode, but it's not my area of expertise at all, and I don't think I'd make any sense. Um, but he's doing amazing work with it on YouTube, so if you're interested, please have a look. And if we hear from you, gentle listeners, that you want us to dig more into philosophy and Buffy in more depth, we'll put on our existentialist hats and do some uh, very special episodes yes. where we extract it from the overall the series overall, uh, rather than episode by episode. But for now, we're going to leave that with him in his yes, expert hands. he does such a good job, and I'll, yes. I'll put a link in the show notes um, to this one. Yeah. 
So yeah, you, the, you'll the definitely want to check it out. Yeah. And it doesn't take a lot out of your day. Like no, if you're already listening to our like two or three hour <laughs> podcasts about 45 minutes of television, yeah, his, his you are can like totally 15 do minutes. this. Yeah. His are 15 minutes. He uses amazing high quality video. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he does great work. Yeah, he really does. And if you haven't watched Buffy in a really long time and you do just want a refresher so you can listen to mm-hmm. us, um, you could just go ahead and watch his. Absolutely. Just go through and watch all of his little things and, uh, you know, get those visual reminders and then you can come back and listen to us. Yep. I think we would hold hands quite nicely. Yes, I think so. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we don't know him. We're not affiliated with him. This is not like a plug for our no, buddy. Definitely as much not. as we would love to be Passion the Nerd Guy, we should be friends. Yeah. Um. We could hold hands and <laughs> sing lovely songs. We could sing Kumbaya. Yes. Or, or, or perhaps Let Me Rest in Peace. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> a little walking through the fire or something. You know, yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something. <laughs> We're under your spell, so to speak. <laughs> Shall we get to the episode? Or is there anything we want to talk about um, beforehand? No, not necessarily. I mean, we're, we've just got a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. The we visual sure stuff do. and everything else is going to be pretty killer. Yeah, I think I think it's yeah. going to be a pretty and good one. Once again, this is a throwaway quote quote air quotes. Yeah, throwaway episode. This is the throwaway episode that is the least throwaway of all the throwaway yeah. episodes. Yeah, it is seriously incredible. It really is, and it is even though it's mostly Buffy centric. This is our second episode of the Ripper arc. It is. Yes. So uh, we begin. We open in the Sunnydale playground, and oh, having a playground in Sunnydale is a bad idea. <laughs> and the first thing we see <laughs> is a playground that's in red. Yes. So, uh, danger is on the way. Ooh, and talk about Happy Meals with Legs, man. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, a mom has managed to leave her unattended child in the playground oh, in Christ. Sunnydale on the fucking Hellmouth after dark. Is this Xander's little brother or something? <laughs> <laughs> You know, that would actually make sense. It something like, sounds like something his parents would do, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> they, they didn't even forget, because like, at some point, he calls home, and he's like, Hi, Mom. It's Xander? <laughs> little Billy or whatever yeah, is wandering like... around. Uh, oh, but look! A helpful adult inquiring whether he's lost. Oh, wait. Shit. That's Drusilla. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, kid. This is pretty much the worst thing that could have happened. Oh, my God. And she is so oh, man. frightening. Especially away from Spike, she Ooh. becomes more frightening She's because he grounds her. wild jaguar. Like, yeah. oh, my God. Yeah, and with the, the, the way she looks, too. Like, she's so mm-hmm. well cast for this role. Well, and, and Juliet Landau was a dancer. And oh, so yeah. every inch of her body is employed in making Drusilla look as scary as possible. Definitely. That's something Whedon excels at, actually, yes. is hiring dancers yes. and letting them do their thing. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Well, when we eventually get to Firefly, we'll be talking about that quite a bit. Yes, quite a bit. <laughs> uh, the kid has uh, also apparently not been told not to talk to freaky, ethereal vampire strangers. <laughs> uh, so he tells her that his mom is supposed to pick him up. Uh, she offers to walk him home, and I'm surprised that she didn't offer him some tea and cakes as well. Uh, Drew tells him that her mummy used to sing her to sleep and i really hope that isn't what her mom used to sing to her though i would buy that drusilla's mom was also psychic and was trying to warn her of how shitty all of their lives would turn out um hmm. so it's um it's run and catch the lamb is caught in the blackberry patch and kid why are you not running away right now it's not Seriously, <laughs> you found some stuff on blackberry patches i did so blackberry patches um all this blackberry stuff is really interesting you know, because mm-hmm. there is, and we'll bring this up a little later, but there's a certain point in uh, in the Bible, I believe, where St. Benedict is tempted by the... Is it in the Bible? Did I just do a faux <laughs> no. okay. idea. There's a... I'll, I'll black out. Okay, um, let's say there's a story of a saint. <laughs> there's a story about St. Benedict where he is tempted by something that will come up later. 
Um, and mm-hmm. it kind of puts him into a lusty state, and he strips off his clothes and runs, rolls around in briars, and then his wounds cleanse him of this need to, you know, be lusty, and mm-hmm. uh, and then he feels better. This yes. is, I, I believe, this is where some of the whole flogging and self-flagellation stuff comes from. Um, I'm not good with Christianity, so <laughs> there, there is there is definitely one. an element in uh, in the in the Bible in Christianity uh, of um, physical wounds cleansing the flesh. Definitely, uh, I mean, there's stigmata and all that kind of kind yeah. of stuff. Um, and I mean, there's it's, I'd say there's some significance in. Um, that being a warning that perhaps sex is not a good idea for yeah. some of our characters. Yeah, that is really interesting. Yeah. But there's even more to blackberries, as there always <laughs> is in this show. There's always more. So I went ahead and just looked up all of it. Um, you can find this. I'll, I'll have a link in the in the show notes. But this is from cornell.edu. So, you know, make sure you get good sources, people. <laughs> it's a little topical right now. <laughs> all right. So <laughs> this says... Blackberries have multiple meanings across religions, ethnic, and mythological realms. They have been used in Christian art to symbolize spiritual neglect or ignorance. Mid-Mediterranean folklore claims that Christ's crown of thorns was made of blackberry runners. The deep color of the berries represents Christ's blood. A legend also exists where the blackberry was once beautiful, but was cursed by Lucifer when he fell into a bush when he was forced out of heaven. Um, Some folklore associates the blackberry with bad omens as well. Mm -hmm. European stories have claimed that they are death fruits with ties to the Wicca. They can also symbolize sorrow. Um, so there's also stories about people jumping into Blackberry Patch and losing their sight. Um, you know, there's a lot of crossover references there. But the one I found the most interesting was the Crown of Thorns reference. Well, especially since it's run and catch the lamb is caught in the Blackberry Patch because the lamb of God is Jesus. Exactly. And since we were talking about this Christ analogy going on with Buffy's death. Yes. We're probably supposed to have that in mind for parts of this episode. She has died and been resurrected she has, already. Yeah. And this is <laughs> Drusilla, which is Buffy's shadowy shadow vampire. self. Yeah, shadow yes. vampire self. And she is wearing that christening gown. <laughs> she sure is very much like Buffy's. So there's a whole bunch in here to just kind of subconsciously draw us back <laughs> yes. to Buffy's sacrifice. Yeah. Buffy is frequently called a lamb by vampires. Yes. <laughs> yes. Quite a lot. Yes. <laughs> So, uh, Drew says her mom had the sweetest voice and then gets right to the point asking, what will your mummy sing when they find your body? Oh, God. And, well, that's fucking yikes. Yeah. This is why, this is why Drusilla scares us the most of all the vampires on the show, because she is still weak, Mm y'all. She is not even herself yet. Yes. Oh. She is. And just that delivery is so matter of fact. Oh, yeah. It is. It's a contemplation of reality. It's not a (laughs) contemplation of possibility. Yes, absolutely. Oh, so scary. (laughs) And after that, uh, when he should clearly be running as fast as possible, the kid suddenly remembers that he isn't supposed to talk to people. And kid, (laughs) you're talking to her right now. Run. (laughs) (laughs) Drew starts to explain that she's not a person, um, which is interesting. Uh, But Angel interrupts, agreeing with me and telling the kid to run his dumb ass home like so pronto. Uh, Drew is quite happy to see Angel and he says hello in turn. Uh, she asks if he remembers the song her mom used to sing to her and he does. Oh, yes. And watch his face. He certainly does. And Drew, cutting his reformed self apart surgically, confirms, yes, you do. <laughs> Angel tells Drew to take Spike and get out of town. She asks if he'll hurt her uh, if she doesn't and then gets a good read on him. And then she, uh, and she knows he can't hurt her anymore 
And if Juliet Landau just acted out the show, we'd be done with all 12 combined seasons of Buffy and Angel in about 15 minutes. She is that efficient. She really is that good. Oh my God, I love this scene so much. Um, Angel continues to try to warn her, saying it will go badly for all of them, including himself, and he's right on the money there. And she says, my dear boy's gone all away, hasn't he? Uh, to her, meaning, of course, Buffy, and holy crap, I cannot even say how important the phrase dear boy is. And from the look on Angel's face, it's a gut punch. Yeah. We'll get to more, it more, a lot more on Angel the series, but more surgical cuts from Maximum Torment from Drew here. And she's, I mean, I, I think she's even saying with that line that she knows he killed Darla. Oh, totally. Well, and that you can't hurt me anymore. Oh, it's to me, that's so a much. reference. Yeah. As well. Absolutely. Um, yeah. That he killed Darla. She knows he, he killed grandmummy and, and dear boy. Yeah. Oh, man. oh that dear boy. Oh. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Which again, like I don't, you know, we don't know that the writers even knew that that's what Darla was going to call him. Right. And that was going to his be his like big episode title and all that mm-hmm. stuff. It's just, they're so good. They're so they're tying all these little pieces together. Oh, yeah. I, I would love, I would love to talk to some of these writers. Um, I'm, I'm sure we'll never get to yeah. do that, but <laughs> just to ask them about the, the process. I mean, did you guys have this like, a rough outline or did you just, when you were doing something on a, on a new episode, did you look back? Mm-hmm. and make everything tie in. And I would love to know that. That would be awesome. Um, and uh, Angel, of course, asks whomever she could be talking about. A nice try, Angel, but you've forgotten how <laughs> scary Drew is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we see the roof of a building across the street, and the audio overlaps, as the show loves to do. And as Drew says, the girl, the Slayer. We see yeah. Buffy, perhaps sensing something with her tragically underdeveloped Slayer senses and also, investigating. matching Angel in her dress. <laughs> Interesting, right? So their colors and the, the wardrobe is just like when we show them as being in a romance pair. So Tied together, those two. Mm-hmm. Returning to the scene in the playground, Drew uh, tells Angel his heart stinks of Buffy and then says, poor little thing, she has no idea what's in store. And uh, Snard, you noticed something about uh, Drew She here. knew the roof, that, that Rufy? <laughs> That'll be that'll be later. <laughs> that'll be uh, later episodes of Buffy. There'll be reviews and earlier ones actually yeah, too. Yeah, um, she knew that Buffy was on the roof. She looks up yeah. and then leans in to touch Angel. Yeah. So she is hurting both of them, and we will, simultaneously. And we will see uh, another character do this exact same move in a later episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Cordelia actually does this move, so the show knows <laughs> what yeah. it's doing here, and oh, it will yeah. reiterate that later as well. And and honestly, I mean, how much has Drew seen at this point? I mean, it sounds like a lot. Yeah, a lot. Well, she is just unfiltered. Mm-hmm. I mean, talk about, you know, the, the dancers that Whedon casts. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> she is so analogous to River and how she just has no filter on her brain. They right. have just completely stripped her amygdala and that's everything's coming <laughs> right. in. And that is she's totally a, Drusilla. She's a big antenna for everything that's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, honestly, her... Um, her line here and it might be because i've had the episode restless on the brain but but this line um about uh she has no idea what's in store and uh the next line um they reminded me so much of you think you know what's to come what you are you haven't even begun oh yeah totally yeah. it's it's very so she almost has this voice of of the powers that be yes going on here i wouldn't be surprised if the antenna picked up sides like both oh, sides yeah, totally. just all the time. Well, she's, she's just it's a good thing she's crazy yeah. otherwise she'd just be like an oracle of death and destruction <laughs> and know exactly what to do all the time that'd be really really scary <laughs> really scary <laughs> oh drew who isn't crazy oh that's even worse <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a good thing that angelus did what he did 
Otherwise, <laughs> we would have a big problem on our hands. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or she may have just lived out her lifespan and been a perfectly happy psychic person. Possibly. What if she... Oh, what if she was a potential? Oh, my God. Drew the Slayer? That'd be so fucking cool. That would be so cool. <laughs> but, yeah, what if she was a Slayer? What if that was part of her Yeah, if she was supposed to be a deal? Slayer. Oh, what if she was supposed to be a Slayer, but she got Yeah. Thick? Oh, my God. That's too much headcanon. Yeah, it's way too much, but I'm just going to leave but it But that would have been so fucking cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Buffy is, is watching now attentively, and, of course, all she sees is Drew getting into Angel's personal space, and since she's a teenage human, she thinks he's cheating on her. But, Buffy, these folks are hundreds of years old, and they have quite the history. And, actually, it would probably be better if Angel was just cheating on you rather than what's actually going on. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the dialogue does that great mislead. Oh, yeah. You know, this, this has, has to, to end. end yeah. and <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and Buffy can hear all of that with Angel saying, can't go on, and, and, da, 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 and Drew leaning in. And um, I believe I've, I've mentioned this. I would. I don't think I'd let her anywhere near my neck, whether I was a vampire or not. Um, <laughs> but he does. And uh, she says, oh, no, my pet, this is just the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, then she leaves, and Angel turns to go, and Buffy runs off. And in the previous episode, <laughs> as you may recall, <laughs> Buffy mentioned that Jenny Callender thought Giles was a babe, and uh, that was a signal that she's going to be back. And so here she is. <laughs> Ta-da! Hi, Jenny. Uh, <laughs> at school, Jenny and Giles are walking down the stairs together. She says she has a secret, like, you know, the kind where you don't tell people about it. And boy, <laughs> does she. She's so excited about her secret. Uh, and uh, Giles doesn't like secrets, especially when they concern a date, and um, which this most definitely does. And how will he know what to wear? <laughs> I love this. He is so the like, girl in this relationship. Like, Sweetie, you always look good. Just wear what makes you look what makes you feel comfortable. Know, it's so cute. <laughs> it's so cute. Giles needs some some guy friends to help him choose what to wear to dates, you know, and like primp his hair. Totally. <laughs> uh, she inquires about his sense of adventure, and I'd guess he probably left it in his other pants. Like <laughs> Well, like, you know, the ones that still have Ethan Rain's blood on them, and um, yeah. <clears throat> as she points out, and he agrees, it's probably hard to find among all, all the tweed, all the tweed that he wears. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she says that he'll just have to trust her, and he reluctantly gives in, saying he'll put himself in her hands. And she says that sounds like fun, and uh, he does a little smiley thing. But how he kept from collapsing into the floor in a dead faint, I don't know, <laughs> and I, I probably would have. Um, <laughs> Maybe it's a sign that Ripper isn't completely gone after the last episode. Uh, yeah. Jenny confirms the time uh, the next evening at 7.30 and leaves. Buffy finds Giles and he asks about the hunt last night. Uh, she says she did a couple of downtown sweeps but didn't, didn't find any vampires. Well, not the way he's thinking of, anyway. Uh, I was going to keep track of all the various kinds of lies in this episode, but I lost track because everyone lies to everyone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Giles uh, has been researching Spike but can't quite figure out why he's in Sunnydale and Buffy's sure he'll figure it out. Uh, Giles has noticed, though, that Buffy's a bit down and asks about it. She, uh, as she does, says she's fine. Uh, he offers her, offers her a night off to be spent with Angel, and she accepts the night off, but thinks he might be busy, and Giles is clearly concerned. Yeah, he has that, um... What's kind of... Well, mm. um, <laughs> that yeah. sort of British... Oh, oh dear. Mm. Yes, well, at least one of her parents is paying attention. Because <laughs> if this happened with Joyce, she'd just be like, oh, that's oh, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go buy some art or something. <laughs> Okay, well, I'll be out of town then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Buffy is willing to open up to her spirit, though, so she's filling Willow in on what she saw in notes that they're passing back and forth. And, and Buffy, it sounds like you're in history class, so you might want to listen just for a sec. <laughs> <laughs> this is the class you have a problem with. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> the class discussion involves the French Revolution and the monarchical problems that led to it. In summary... 
One kid thinks that Louis XVI was a weak king. Cordelia totally relates to Marie Antoinette <laughs> because uh, she was going to let them people have cake and... Oh my God. And, and watch, uh, watch Sandra's face. He is so this horrified. Whole, he is so horrified. <laughs> and I, and I got to say, hang on for a second. This is about Drusilla and Spike, isn't it? Oh. Miss Edith and the cakes. Louis XVI is a weak king, right? Uh, just uh, asking to be deposed. Right after Cordy talks about the effort Marie Antoinette put into uh, looking as good as she did, Buffy writes how Drusilla had dark hair, old dress, pretty, underlined. How cool is that? Wow, yeah. That's fantastic good, subtext. Good show. Yeah. <laughs> good job, guys. I mean, and, and I think... And I mean, they did the same thing in Angel the episode um, where Buffy was struggling with history while being immersed in vampire history. So I think that's what's going on here, too. Yeah, I would totally agree. Well, and also the French Renaissance might show up a little later in the episode. It might. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Willow's last note asks if Angel's friend might be a vampire and class is over. So Buffy answers in person. She's not sure, but she doesn't think so. And that pretty much blows my Slayer senses theory out of the water. (laughs) God damn it. I want her to have Slayer senses so bad. I know, but that just wouldn't feed into her jealousy. She, she refuses to hone as well. She does. Although, <laughs> would it be more or less of a betrayal if this was a human or a vampire? Because I think it would be worse if, if Angel's like actually talking to a vampire. Like, he actually right. is. I think the reality is so much worse. Well, I, yeah. I, I, yeah. Well, the reality is, is the worst possible. Well, yeah, yeah. totally. But like the but fact yeah. that he is talking to this right. like awful vampire. Right. And not slaying the crap out of her. Right. It it yeah. it is I, I would think that would be more of a betrayal, absolutely. Yeah. Well and also the fact that he isn't slaying her might speak to a certain amount of guilt and responsibility. It sure does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because we've seen Angel pretty much only fight with vampires up until now. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a reason that he's being so kind. Definitely. Because <laughs> he Feels horribly guilty, yes. <laughs> As we will soon find out. Yeah. Uh, Buffy says they seemed friendly with each other and Xander wants to know what's going on, so Willow spills the beans everywhere. <laughs> oh, God. Buffy wasn't really ready to let her heart in on the whole doubting angel oh, thing. No. And he sticks out, dare I say, like a sore thumb. <laughs> that might be important. From the right? other two. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> He's in what? Bright red, right? Yeah, bright red. So, it's, and I have theories, but. <laughs> yes, yes. And excellent ones. Um, so, I, I mean, basically... Buffy's a little uncomfortable at this point because Xander and her heart start talking about uh, getting a happy off the possible end of her vampire relationship. So Slayer heart, very excited. Yeah. Xander, very excited. <laughs> uh, Buffy is still at odds with her heart. Um, <laughs> Xander thinks that dancing at the bronze will cheer Buffy up and probably not so much. They sit and a guy walks up behind Buffy suggesting Oreos dunked in apple juice and I almost puke on my keyboard. Why? <laughs> Why would someone do that? Eve ever in the world. No, it's just, it's know. sacrilege. I have tried to get up the guts to try it. Oh, no, no, um, because just, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, have you, have you ever dipped an apple into chocolate sauce? It's not too terrible. It's actually kind of a fascinating experience. But you'd have to reach past the milk. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but we know how Joyce stocks a fridge. <laughs> With bad milk all the time? Yeah, yes. <laughs> so it could be that there was no milk and there was only apple juice and Buffy oh, discovered sad. something Somebody, awesome for her for a minute. Somebody to call Child Protective Services for Buffy. <laughs> she was putting Oreos and apple juice. So, like, maybe it was just this one day she showed up and Joyce had packed, like, the worst lunch ever. And it was just, like, a box of Oreos. Like, like the 7-Eleven ones. And then she thought she was grabbing milk, but she was on her phone. And no, she didn't have a phone then. But, you know, she was busy. She was thinking about art or whatever. So she grabbed apple juice and just, like, shoved it in the same bag with an orange and then put it in Buffy's <laughs> bag. 
<laughs> oh, and actually, that makes sense because poor Buffy, uh, as she would, probably was eating, sadly, probably weeping while eating the apple juice and the Oreos. And yeah. Ford came over and started to tease her about it. And so she pretended that was something she liked because she loves to sort of cram herself into whatever box a guy wants her to be in. Yeah, that's very true. So now it is what he thinks of her. And she has never liked it. <laughs> she hates <laughs> apple juice and Oreos. But she had to keep doing it because she had a crush right, on Right, exactly. <laughs> I think that sounds so plausible to me yeah, after watching yeah, Buffy so many times. Because their fridge is not always full. Like, Joyce is really good at providing the food when right. she's home. But when Joyce isn't home, there's, like, cookies and right. milk and older milk. Right. <laughs> that totally makes sense to me. Yeah. Hmm. Excellent. <laughs> so, anyway, this is Ford. <laughs> or Billy Fordham, as Buffy recognizes him immediately. Uh, she's happy to see him and even happier to find that he's supposedly finishing his senior year at Sunnydale High. And I'm sorry, no high school kid knows the word matriculate. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think he looked it up. <laughs> yeah, he must have. Uh, of course, um, Xander is displeased by this. And uh, I'd, I'd like to stretch enough to say that Buffy's heart already knows something is wrong with this dude. And after conferring with Snard... We do think that's a lot of what's going on. Yes. <laughs> he is, her heart is already on it. He's like, that's not right. There's something wrong. There's something wrong. Because if Buffy wasn't all spun by this angel thing, she would have been on this all over. She's like, what? Are you a fucking vampire now? Are you a demon? Are you a witch? Why are you on the hell mouth? No one comes here. No one knows where I am. Why would Everyone you ever come I'm here? Like, yeah, like, <laughs> nobody knows where I've been. You know, obviously she didn't like meet up with him and say that she was in Sunnydale during her little stint in L.A. Or she would have said, oh, I haven't seen you since blah. So mm. all of a sudden he's in Sunnydale. Yeah, and his dad got transferred there for what reason exactly? Yeah, for what? To yeah, get seriously. eaten by, like, the vampire eating uh, factory. <laughs> so totally. Like, yeah, so, like, your dad got transferred here to what exactly? <laughs> is he going to work at the weird docks that oh, are somehow yeah. in their town? <laughs> oh, thank God. He couldn't find a job in L.A., so he found one here. <laughs> seriously. Like, this is just, Slayer senses should have been all over this and isn't. But her heart, her intuition, who is dressed in red for a reason... He is pointing himself out, sticking out like a sore thumb. <laughs> and boy, is that baby sore. Very nice. Yeah. And I will say, <laughs> on a flat character level, we have Jealous Sander. Oh, totally. Uh, and, and, you know, <laughs> he must he must stop. <laughs> <laughs> he must. <laughs> but fantastically, I mean, amazing mm -hmm. on a metaphor level. Oh, yeah. So good. Well, and of course, on the on the flat level... Buffy is going to jump at a chance to hang out with the guy to make um, Angel jealous because that's she what sure Buffy will. does. That's what Buffy will always do. Always. <laughs> oh, uh, Ford was thinking that Buffy wouldn't recognize him, but they did, after all, go to school for seven years together, and uh, he was Buffy's fifth grade crush. Mine was Madonna, uh, pretty much from Material Girl until the foreseeable future. <clears throat> Snart, any crushes uh, at nine or ten years old that you can recall? Um. Um. <laughs> I probably should have warned you. I was going to ask. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I what well, the uh at, at fifth grade. Yeah, about that. I'm pretty sure there was someone fictional. Uh, I kind of had the hots for Justin, the leader of the rats, and Secret of Nim for a minute. This is a hashtag asexual problems. Where, uh, <laughs> innocent little yeah. crushes. Crushy, no, crushy, no. Crushy. Okay, yeah. <laughs> we, we get squishes. We're like, I just want to like meet you and be near you and please don't touch me. 
Well, that's, that's what my crushes were like before, you know, when I was like nine or 10, it was, mm-hmm. it was just, I really, it'd be so great if I could meet Madonna. It'd be so fun. <laughs> we could be friends. Yeah. I, I do remember <laughs> choosing a boy that I knew would never, ever, ever give me the time of day because all of my friends would ask me about crushes, you know, cause when you're like playing and you're making it, right. Oh, this is my husband thing. Um, so I would always say it was this guy, Jerome. Nice. At school, because I knew he would never give me the time of day. And then somehow I got paired with him in math class. <laughs> and that was super awkward because then I was like, do I actually have a crush on him? I don't know. I kind of don't like him. He's sort of a douche. I mean, he's nice, but he's, he's a little douchey and he smells weird. But I have to pretend that I'm happy about this arrangement because I've been going on and on for a year that I have a crush on this guy. <laughs> so I guess that's my closest crush story that yeah. I have is my, my pretend <laughs> Crush. Yeah, I, I I also had uh, male crush beards that oh, I yeah, would yeah, yeah. yeah. like oh it yeah uh, and it was like oh uh, uh, Wesley from the Princess Bride totally totally hot yeah I got, I got nothing that's a good choice he's cute yeah, I mean Cariello's is awesome oh he's he's gorgeous yeah yeah it was it was, it worked <laughs> <laughs> had Buffy been around when I was in fifth grade it would have been Xander probably I can totally see that because he's cute and nerdy yeah 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 so um. Of course, Jealous Xander, uh, being Jealous Xander, is totally rude and interrupts them. And Buffy apologizes. And Buffy, you don't need to apologize if you'd gone on for, let's say, as long as Xander and Willow did when they were excluding you during Out of Mind, Out of Sight. That would be apology worthy. <laughs> but you were fine here. You haven't seen this dude since you left LA, so it's fine to catch up one sec- you know, one-on-one for just a second. Mm-hmm. She was totally fine. Other than Ford being a douchebag, but, uh, you know, whatever. Uh-uh. <laughs> so she introduces Ford and Xander is a dick. <laughs> and Willow is all nice, of course, because the spirit is like, we're into this, yay! <laughs> and she is so in harmony with Buffy. Like, their clothes are just, they could do that thing where they swap tops and be matchy. So, yeah, she's just, ah, yay! <laughs> uh, Ford says that his dad got a transfer, of course, and now... Here he is, and not a bad liar, that Ford. Uh, Willow asks if they were fifth grade sweeties, but they weren't, which depressed Buffy and made her listen to I Touch Myself without so much knowing what was it it was about, or did she? Uh, <laughs> I love how Sarah Michelle Gellar keeps us guessing with the read on that line. <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> she invites Ford to the bronze with them, and he'd love to go, but he worries about horning in on their plans and Xander's dick again. Uh, Ford kind of blows by the rudeness there and says he needs to find the admissions office and Buffy offers to take him there. Uh, they all say a pleasant enough goodbye and Willow seems to be thinking. <laughs> yeah, well, hmm. While Xander's going on about like, can't she like oh. any fat guys? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's in full jealous Xander mode because Ford is good looking and, and Willow, wait for it. Wait for it. Oh, that's what that song is about? <laughs> <laughs> she's a fluffy little spirit man she's not ready for this kind of thing she will be soon i know she will Hmm. might be a ginger in her future well perhaps sometimes ginger a base ginger (laughs) <laughs> with with different top coats, let's yes, say. Yes, that's what this base in, in maybe more sense than one, because I think he plays both bass and guitar. Oh, I'm not sure. Interesting. It's hard. To, I, it switches up. I swear. To, I swear he plays a different instrument from time to time. Probably. But I should consult the uh, roommate on that one. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> At the bronze, Willow, Xander, and Ford have apparently been having a pleasant enough uh, time together playing pool. Yes. Oh, and Xander and Willow are now both wearing red and white. So they're now oh. kind of like get it both getting on the same page, and they're on the same well, side of the red pool table. I think we'll see that later too. 
Yeah. So like they're, they're, yeah, they're, they're starting they're to reaction sync to this up whole a little thing. bit. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're Greek chorusing now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they are so Greek chorusing. <laughs> yeah. So hard. Uh, Buffy arrives and is happy to see Ford there until Willow reveals that Ford is spilling info like a hole in the bucket, including <laughs> <laughs> how she was in a ninth grade beauty contest that had a swimsuit competition. And um, I had no idea there was such a thing. I mean, obviously, I knew that high school girls participate in beauty contests because everyone knows that. Uh, but was it sponsored by the high school? Is this a thing? I, I don't think so. Yeah. Gentle yeah. listeners, um, especially those in California, we've we've heard from Utah that it's weird there. So um, <laughs> <laughs> shoot us an email if this is actually a thing. It seems yeah. like a terrible idea, but maybe it isn't. It really does. Oh, but, you know, it could be one of those pool party things at L.A. that all the popular kids go to. Oh, God, I hope you not. Know, like, That's like, like date rape ha- waiting those, to happen, man. Yeah. That is... <laughs> Wow. All I can think of is the accused, you know, like, yeah. that's a horrible idea. See, and I, I'm thinking more like uh, as good as it gets, you know, sort um, of thing. Yeah, yeah, that's still. Is, is it as good as it gets? Is that the movie I'm thinking of? Jennifer Love Hewitt? I think so. Okay. Or I don't know. Yeah, a teen movie. Yeah, it's one of yeah. those teen movies. Yeah, uh, 90s teen movie. Yeah, uh, as good as it gets, can't hardly wait. One of those things. Can't hardly wait. Is it? That's the one. With yes. the, the one with Seth Green? Yeah. yeah. Oh, hey. <laughs> Ta-da. Of course, no, as he good was as it in gets, all of those movies. Yeah, no, so. As good as it gets was the fantastic one with Jack Nicholson. Oh, right. Yeah, I got, whoa. <laughs> That's a mix-up. We'll snip that whole part out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Buffy suggests that Ford is probably putting lives in danger by giving up all this information because she'll have to kill everyone who has been compromised. (laughs) She's not kidding. No, she's She's not not wrong. She's a slayer. (laughs) (laughs) But Ford says he knows all her darkest secrets. Xander disagrees. But no, Xander, he actually does. Uh, She heads off for a drink and finds Angel at the bar. He's been hoping that she would be there. Back at the pool table, Ford sees Buffy with Angel. Xander continues to be a little... (laughs) Jealous Xander, but I, this time I like it's I, know, I like it too. Uh, but, but the weird part is now he's jealous Xander about Angel. <laughs> Ford, Ford asks if Angel is, is older, and Xander, with his "you're not wrong," uh, might as well just say he's a vampire with yeah. snarky attitude. <laughs> <laughs> and Buffy gets right to the um, interrogation. I would yes, say, but uh, yeah. they are still matching. They are. They are both wearing they brown, which is an unusual matching. color for these two. Yeah, but they are both wearing brown, and and. Uh, this will come up. I'm going to talk about this in a different episode, mm-hmm. but um, track the velvet wearing of Angel. Yes. There is a coating here. Is there really? Yes. There is a fabric coating <laughs> with velvet and Angel. Like he's, he's soft, like a, like a bunny with fangs. Yeah. Yeah. Like when we first joked <laughs> that he's a kitten. Um, yeah. So him wearing velvet is actually a, it's a code. It's telling mm-hmm. us about what state he's in, perhaps. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Interesting. So yeah, this the velvet is actually really important. That's very interesting. When yeah. will you reveal this pattern to us? So uh, yeah, probably in um, Innocence. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Goodness. Yeah. That's quite the pattern then, if that's when it pops up. Yeah. Wow. Yep. It shows up right around then. I mean, it starts now. But, With wow. some juxtaposition. But if it's around that area that's that's a that's a yeah big turning point man really interesting coding <laughs> interesting so uh buffy asks angel uh, what he did last night and he says he did nothing she presses in a way Liar. that would, yeah but she presses in a way that would probably make me clam up too <laughs> and uh and he says that he stayed in um she says oh and walks away and he follows her clearly very confused <laughs> <laughs> And an angel gets its wings. <laughs> <laughs> That's what 
happens when you have a water glass and a whiskey glass. I'll just start over with the last paragraph. <laughs> okay. Uh, Buffy says, oh, and walks away, and he follows her, clearly very confused. Oh, these two with their crossed wires. Seriously, I wanted to make them each a list of questions for the other one and lock them in a room together until they <laughs> ask them all. <laughs> Ford comments about Buffy changing her mind on getting a beverage, and Buffy introduces Angel to Ford. And Angel is an adult person, so he shakes his hand politely. Xander. <laughs> <laughs> Ford comments on how cold Angel's hands are, and I'm putting a little mark in my vampires are really cold and dead in the Buffyverse notebook. (laughs) You're not wrong. (laughs) I'm not wrong. (laughs) And of course, Xander jumps in with, you're not wrong. (laughs) And Xander, yes, we totally laughed, but just (laughs) just calm the fuck down, okay? (laughs) You're starting to get a little out of control with the rude shit. And I'm not a big fan of rudeness when it's just like not for any kind of damn reason. So just make nice, act like a person, but we we know. And also, (laughs) this is not just the metaphorical heart working because now he's in the Greek chorus. This is Buffy's slayer self trying to out. Yeah. She is trying to get out of the closet because she hasn't seen this guy. She trusts him. She thinks that this is nifty. So it's like, hey, I'm a vampire slayer. Hey, this is a vampire. Hey, there's vampires. Hey, did you know there's vampires? So, sort of like when she gets all asbestos. And, you know, like yeah, she gets totally. Her, she gets her slayer Tourette's uh-huh. going on. Yeah. yeah. So like she's trying to be all like cool slayerette and not completely out herself. But her heart is off to the side saying, hey, 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 hey. Guess what? I'm, I'm a Slayer Heart. Slayer. I am a Slayer Heart. Yeah. I am slaying the vampires all the time. Hello. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, totally... the, and also, he's pitting the two against each other, just like Buffy <laughs> likes to make her men jealous. So Xander's contributing to the jealousy now between Ford and Angel. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice, Nerd. Thank you. <laughs> Angel asks if Ford is visiting, and Ford says that he's staying. He just moved there. Angel gets the, huh, look. Uh, Willow. Yeah, at least Angel's senses are working. <laughs> they sure are. He is Buffy. all over this stuff. He yeah. is all over this. Uh, Willow, the non-rude peacemaker, asks if Angel <laughs> would like to play pool with them. And I really wish he had because that would have been adorable. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And then Buffy. Buffy, what are you doing? She says it's getting crowded and then asks Ford to take her outside for a walk. And okay. She did it, and when she was bad, and she'll do it again in season three. Buffy has a way of playing her suitors against each other that I'm not fond of, yeah, to say the it's least. Cool. It's very immature. It really, it's bad. Yeah, it really shows off how immature she is yes. and how maybe this is just not a suitable match yeah. right now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, the dude is over 200 years old. Yeah, like he doesn't need this shit. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Yeah. I mean, especially when Buffy hasn't even told Angel that she saw him with Drew. I mean, yeah, he lied. But Buffy, you lied by omission, by not telling him that you saw him. And it's some kind of honesty test, and it's it's bullshit is what it is. Yeah. And, I mean, I'd, I'd tell her to stop doing that kind of thing, but she won't. It's not going to so, work. Yeah, well, and knows. also, this is her lying to herself as well. Absolutely. And she'll do that later, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Boobs? I can't have boobs. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> That's how she does it later. <laughs> and she pointedly tells Willow and Xander she'll see them tomorrow and ignores Angel, who says goodnight, and only Ford answers. Xander, oh. winning, me, winning me back pretty much completely, observes, no one's more with tension. <laughs> nice Yay. one, show. Whichever chicken was which, before whichever egg on that one. Yeah. So awesome. So good. <laughs> Angel asks for some more uh, clarification about Ford from the duo. Uh, 
And uh, Xander says that he just moved there and he moved fast. And maybe Xander is hoping that Angel will rip Ford's head off and Buffy will stake Angel for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it would be a dick move if Xander could pull it off, but I would admire the shit out of him for that. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> well, and I'm also feeling like, um, because in these three episodes, we're having a bit of a juxtaposition between Angel and Giles mm-hmm. um, in their character arcs and what's going on with them. Yeah. And uh, so I feel like right here, he's kind of doing that squirm. He's being put into this uncomfortable position very similarly in a way that Giles, very similar to the way that Giles is being put in an uncomfortable, unsure position with Jenny Callender. Definitely. And, you know, it's the same dynamic, too. Um, Mm -hmm. Buffy immediately started being like the man in there not to not the gender or whatever but uh yeah. but, but i mean it's true but buffy the, started the out trope with trope tv man absolutely you know that's a pretty name and all this kind of stuff and she's always saving him <laughs> <laughs> and jenny calendar is so wearing the pants in her relationship with giles who's oh, yeah. worried about what he's gonna wear to the date you know definitely and she's letting <laughs> giles be worried about whether or not he's in good standing with her absolutely because she likes to tease him and now we hear we have buffy doing it in a mean way yep. but it's the same thing we have these kind of um Playerish like women mm-hmm. slash trope men, you know, playing with the very vulnerable hearts of these two um, very complex Definitely. characters. Very complex. Yeah. <laughs> Each of them split right down the middle on the good and the bad, too. Now, so do you think if Buffy hadn't played these little games, do you think Angelus would have been quite so vindictive with her later? That's a good question. Because he has that line, you know, she made me feel like a man. I, <laughs> it's hard to tell with Angelus because he is a brutal, brutal That's guy. That's true. He's a completely um, different animal, but I do just wonder because... I, I think he twisted the knife a little bit more because of this sort of behavior. Yeah, absolutely. It's, because it's that human weakness thing that, that it will never come goes up away. later as well. Yeah, <laughs> it never goes away. Yeah. Um, no, I, I wouldn't doubt it at all because as much as Angelus hates Angel, if we're going to divide him up that way, and we will for mm-hmm. clarity. Oh, yeah. Um, as much as Angelus hates Angel, I think he hates watching him suffer too. Oh yeah, uh, it's sort of like nobody can nobody can beat up my brother but me, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of a thing. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I can I can see Angelus being in there, and we learn later that Angelus is in there and observing everything that's oh, yeah. going on and, and feeling it all yes, too. Absolutely, I think he's experiencing the feelings, right? You know, and uh, and and yeah, I mean, I I think I. I would think he was extra brutal with the torment because Buffy tormented Angel not mm-hmm. only now but with. I mean, with Xander and, and when she was bad. Yeah. She's been really tough on him. Yeah. And, you know, in a sort of a mean girl way. Yeah, totally. She'll and do that uh, again, too. Yeah. <laughs> and vampires <laughs> are without remorse or forgiveness. Yeah, especially Unlike forgiveness. Unlike insouled characters. <laughs> right. Who can forgive. Yeah, and Angela's can hold a grudge. We know that for sure. Yeah, just a little. <laughs> <laughs> he has a long memory, let's yeah. just say. And he doesn't even use notes. He doesn't write yeah. anything down because he has no hands right now. So he just remembers <laughs> everything. <laughs> <laughs> Angelus, really, really smart, really fucking stupid. That's yep. Angelus. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing him, and oh, yet yeah. not. Yes. yes. He's entertaining. Yes, he is. Yeah. Uh, Angel looks much more suspicious than he does jealous here, I think, probably because high school games are just starting to bounce him off him at this point, and he's seen, <laughs> and he's seen Buffy's MO as far as making him jealous. So, uh, Willow just really, really wants to play pool with Angel, and I'm totally with her on that. If you ever get the opportunity to play pool with a 200-year-old Irish person, you should really try to make that happen. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But Angel has done the disappearing vampire trick, and Willow (laughs) admonishes Xander for making him do that thing where he's gone. (laughs) 
and Sanders like me, whatever. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, but I'm pretty sure Buffy did that actually. Um, yeah. On their little stroll, Ford asks Buffy if Angel is her boyfriend, but she wants him to uh, stop with the tough questions. So she is nice about it. Uh, he asks an easy one, uh, what do you do for fun around here? And then you hear <laughs> screaming from nearby, and yeah, that's pretty much her hobby, but she doesn't, <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't think it's as fun as she should. <laughs> she tries to get Ford to go back to the bronze and get her purse. <laughs> so she's the man again. Uh, <laughs> go get yep. my purse, slave. Go. And she even tells him to run. <laughs> She she uh, she goes off after the screaming, and he notices and follows her at a walk. Uh, a woman runs past him, and he hears a good amount of punching and kicking, and he gets there just in time to see the end of the fight and the dusting of the vampire. Um, and take a look at this alleyway. This is what I mean by our town yeah, aesthetic. This is absolutely. That, yeah, like there's a crate that was obviously made in like a studio shop. Yeah. Like the garbage is very clean garbage. Yes. There's like the sandpapered roughed up door with the exit sign yeah yep. it's just oh yeah it's i, I mean it. it's yeah it's it's fantastic and they abs- are absolutely I mean, we've, we've seen the prop people's work on the show mm-hmm. they could do anything oh yeah um, they're set design for every character's yeah. room and, and so they are doing this our town feel on purpose yes it's so cool it's this almost small like, theater yeah it's almost play. like sunnydale especially with ford being in town it's going to amp this up a little bit, but the idea that Sunnydale isn't quite real. There's yeah. a metaphorical aspect to the existence of this place. Yes. Yeah. Which Ford will fall right into. Oh, yeah. Um, and, okay, as much as I'm a little irritated with Buffy right now, this is one of my favorite bad Buffy lies. <laughs> um, uh, there was a, a cat. A cat here. And um, there was uh, another cat, and they fought the cats, and then they left. <laughs> <laughs> A dramatic reading by Jennifer <laughs> I love that one. Oh. Uh, Ford didn't notice any cats and thought maybe she was slaying a vampire. Uh, what? What? Again, what? Buffy asks. <laughs> <laughs> so he says he was trying to find the right time to tell her, but he already knows she's the slayer. And again, we have that little bit of come out now, ask me how. Absolutely. Illusion. Huge. Yeah. Huge, huge. The slayer, again, is allied with queer. Mm-hmm. And we're pretty sure bisexuality. Yeah, <clears throat> but definitely the queer identity. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Um, so later, Buffy and Willow are on the phone, and Willow, of course, is delighted that Ford already knows about the slang. Spirit, spirit, spirit. <laughs> fluffy, fluffy, <laughs> fluffy, fluffy. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, he's known since before Buffy dur- burned down her old gym, and Buffy thinks it will be easier so she doesn't have to lie to him. But he's been lying to her because we see Ford knocking on a heavy metal and extremely reinforced door that I kind of covet. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of welding going on in here, I must say. And yeah, looks, I wonder if that's important. Yeah. Mm. Great work on that one. Yes. Dropping so that little. So subtle. Oh, so good. Little bit of foreshadowing. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> and okay, it looks like a goth exploded inside the club and then the cure <laughs> and Susie and the Banshees <laughs> and Bauhaus came by and puked everywhere. Is yep. that fair? It looks yeah. exactly like a club I used to go to. It's <laughs> yeah. called Confetti's. There's <laughs> a Walgreens there now, which is so disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> but there, there, uh, there was and and still is a huge goth culture in Salt Lake City. There really is. Well, it's oh. the culture counterculture, yes. right? So we have a very strong Mormon culture. So all of the countercultures get to be a little extra rar. Yep. So yeah, watch <laughs> SLC Punk if you need to get a feel for what this is. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, we have a huge goth culture here. We still do. It's not just emos like. You know, there's uh, another club called Area 51 where we all still go. I still have my mesh shirts and my <laughs> my velvet. Yeah, these are these are coats real, real goths, people. Real, real goths. goths. 
We really do the thing. We do the weird spidery dance. Um, yeah, it's great. We even have fetish balls once a month. I haven't been to one of those in a little while because they're a little extreme for an asexual. Uh, like, you do you, but don't do me. Um, but yeah, it's it's great. And there, I have been to these places and it made me a little homesick. Kind of made me want to go awesome. to the club. <laughs> Except for Diego. Diego could suck it. He would get himself beat up so hard. Diego wants to suck it. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, girl. Except not with the fashion sense. Good God. Yeah. So uh, Ford is greeted by someone who is asking how it went. And Ford has no complaints about how it went. And is chastised for not giving up enough information. Ford tries to reason with Marvin uh, Diego. Sorry. (laughs) And tells him everything is going to be fine. Ford also pops a pill he insists is Ritalin, and that is never a good sign on TV. No. And then we meet someone with one of the most subtle character arcs in the Buffyverse. This is Chanterelle. (laughs) A Chanterelle, of course, is a mushroom. Uh, So we know immediately that she's got a lot more depth than she lets on, because that's witty as shit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And she is one of the most authentically gothic people in this club. Absolutely. She's a real goth who got sucked into this vampire wannabe shit. (laughs) Sucked into. uh, (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) No, she totally did. Like, she is the the wafy goth that we all know and love. We all know them. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. And totally innocent and cute and sweet mm-hmm. and so outmatched by the situation. Oh, yeah. But she's going to get so fucking badass eventually, you guys. <laughs> it's so much fun to see this her again. A, I love her. This is a great arc. Oh, yeah. And it shows how Buffy affects the world outside, yeah. too. The the ripples that Buffy's actually mm-hmm. able to affect. And again, and we have this metaphorical aspect of Sunnydale. So it doesn't feel like anything ever gets out. Right. It's like it's all contained in its own little snow globe of awful. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Chanterelle is one of those bits of evidence that things move. One, one of the things I love about Chanterelle, and we'll, I mean, of course, we'll talk about this more. Um, but Buffy gives her this kindness and she never finds out what happened to Chanterelle. That's very true. She never knows this, this amazing thing that she did and this huge improvement she made to her life. Yeah. Well, and Angel could have taken care of that. Well, they, these, these two can't communicate where shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's it never gonna true. happen yeah. <laughs> that's very they will true. never be able to communicate <laughs> properly well he might not, not have even like managed to no. put those pieces together no, all that well was right there and actually yeah. better yeah <laughs> but, uh, for and, now and um, also yep. angel is 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 the actions of angel and angelus is a catalyst to chanterelle's art absolutely so this reinforces some of our theories about the powers that be <laughs> absolutely Yes. Uh, for now, I would say, uh, though uh, she's unnamed and handing a drink to Ford. Uh, Ford says that in a couple of days they're going to die young and stay pretty. And remember what Buffy said to the master after she came back from the dead? I may be dead, but I'm still pretty. Ooh. Yep. Nice callback. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. To punctuate this plan, Ford lip syncs to one of the many Dracula movies that have been made over the decades. This one from 1974, starring Jack Palance. Uh, we will see that Ford does seem to think he's starring in his own TV show possibly in our town. And this is our first look at that. <laughs> <laughs> he totally thinks yeah. he's in a TV adaptation of our town or something. Oh, he totally does. He yeah. He's living in an escapist fantasy. Absolutely. And there are reasons for that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, Willow is getting ready for bed. 
Oh, this part. This is one of the best this scenes is so of Buffy. This so cute. Uh, but she hears a little tap tap at her outside door. And I wonder if Buffy wishes <laughs> she had that setup. That is sweet sneaking out yeah. at the curfew layout. Holy Seriously. crap. So, so Willow hears a, a rap tap tapping on her yeah. chamber door. <laughs> it's only Angel, nothing more. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't practice that. We didn't. <laughs> so yeah, so it's Angel. And, uh, <laughs> and Angel, despite saving their lives quite a few times and all, uh, hasn't really tried to bond with the Scooby and I'm guessing that he noticed how much Willow wanted to play pool with him and include him in the group. So that's mm-hmm. why he goes to her, of course. Uh, she tries to wave him in and he gets this cute look like, eh, crap, and tells her that, <laughs> you know, vampires have to follow the rules of vampire invitation because that's why they're called that. And uh, <laughs> she makes it formal, noticing as he comes in that her bra is in plain view on the bed and sweeping it aside. <laughs> it's so cute. I mean, does Angel care about bras? No. I, I can't remember if there are any bra jokes once he gets his own show, but he picks out Courtney's clothes and stuff. I would assume oh, yeah. I would assume that based on what we know about him that he could not give less of a shit about seeing a bra, but Willow's frantic rush to hide it is hilarious. <laughs> well, it, it's so genuine. <laughs> Of, especially her, you know, I guess her status as a virgin. Yes. Not so much yes. in that she's virginal, but she's unexperienced. She doesn't yes. know what men can and can't be exposed to and yet. She, and she's the fluffy little spirit who Buffy yeah. has desperately been trying to mature <laughs> so, <laughs> totally. she can, so she can have sex already. Yeah. But, <laughs> but Buffy still makes everyone turn around when she changes. She does. So, I mean, that still is, you know. Like, because she's got her fluffy little spirit. Yeah. yeah and, and they, I mean, in the whole group, uh, well, <laughs> this is another thing we'll get into when Faye shows up. The whole group of the Scoobies, they're still stuck in this high school. Your virginity is the most important thing, and how dare you lose oh, it? Yeah, and, and, you, and you can't just sleep with anybody. It has right. to mean something. And and then you know, and they're they're all going to slut shame Faith big time mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Yep. And <laughs> and then Buffy's going to go to college. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she is. <laughs> and then she's. And do even more. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and she's going to try to work out her issues in another situation. Yeah. <clears throat> and, uh, and still manages to judge Faith, I just have to say. <laughs> That's actually a good point. Yeah, she does. Yeah, she does. Oh, Buffy. I know. <laughs> she frustrates me. <laughs> so, um... <laughs> Angel worries that he's coming at a bad time, and Willow says it's fine, but she's not supposed to have boys in her room. <laughs> and her bedroom door is cracked open. It is. <laughs> like, that would be, I would go to close the door, not to move the bra, well, personally. It, her mom might be suspicious. Uh, Sheila, is it? Yeah. Yeah, her mom might be suspicious when the door closes. Oh, that's true. You know, she might, we, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Angel clearly finds Willow to be adorable as she is and promises <laughs> to behave. <laughs> he says he needs help and Willow, probably having had this conversation in only one context, thinks immediately of homework. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he does know about the internet though. So nice, Angel, you go with that. The soul yeah. really does help with the adapting. It really does. Well, yeah. and he looks, I mean, great work by the makeup department mm-hmm. because when he's outside in the dark, he looks like Angel. And then yeah. when he comes into this bright lit room he looks dead dead he's dead dead. he's a vampire yes he looks completely different and and you know and willow and elza hannigan are quite you know she both your character are quite pale Mm -hmm. but he is so much more pale yeah well and and the makeup people did did make an effort to put a little more color on her than normal absolutely that contrast yeah and they put her in white which makes her skin actually look you know very interesting yeah I love the makeup and, and costume people on the show. Oh, I know. Um, <laughs> Willow is all excited because this is her area of expertise until he says it's about Ford. She asks him to promise that he won't bite her if she tells him something he doesn't like. <laughs> He's thinking she'll mention jealousy and she tells him it isn't the first time. And holy crap, this is the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. I know. 
He sits on her bed and confides that he never used to get jealous. He spent a hundred years really honing his brooding skills. <laughs> and this is our first glimpse of the angel yet to come. Yes. The angel that we will love spending time with in his yes. own show. Funny, sweet, goofy angel. Yes. We love him. Self-aware. <laughs> self-aware and self-effacing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> with no normal human foibles and stuff. I mean, he's mm-hmm. got, you know. Oh, yeah. He's got a soul now. He's going to be all kinds of goofy. <laughs> um, so uh, then, then, of course, Angel met Buffy. And yes, he knows he gets jealous now, but he really thinks that Ford is bad news. Uh, Willow is starting to tell him that if she doesn't find anything weird, he'll need to chill. But then, something weird. Well, hey, Ford, that's uh, weird. Yeah, I know. I love that. <laughs> Ford isn't enrolled at Sunnydale High at all. Just then, Willow's mom asks if she's still up, and thankfully she doesn't come in and see Mr. Super Handsome Older Guy lurking in her bedroom. <laughs> that would be, that would require a lot of explanation. That would be such an anthropological, like, coming of age talk. You know, after we, we'll see her mom eventually, mm-hmm. and it'll be like, now honey, I know that you're curious about these things. <laughs> Sheila might just be like, homina, homina, homina. <laughs> That's true. Who are you? We don't necessarily know how Ira Rosenberg is as a husband. It's true. We never see him. That's true. <laughs> he could be an absent husband. He might be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Willow calls out that she's going to bed now and Angel scurries out the door. And this must be so weird for him <laughs> to have to worry about a mom coming in oh, after yeah. he spent a century and a half having kinky hot sex with Darla. <laughs> probably not all that unfamiliar. No. It's like when when you go somewhere that you haven't been since you were four, and you're like, wait, wait, I know this. Oh, right. I'm supposed to run out and hide. Right, right. Yeah. (laughs) Only this time he already has his clothes on, which is helpful. Right. (laughs) He's only having Liam flashbacks. Jump out the window. Oh, a door. Excellent. This is good. (laughs) Willow tells him she'll keep researching and to come back at sunset the next day. Angel asks her to keep it on the down low, but Willow isn't so sure about lying to Buffy. And hey, everybody's lying to everybody in this episode, Willow, so you might as well join in the fun. Uh, He asks her to do the lie of omission, and she's okay with that one. They both hope she doesn't find anything. At school, Buffy and Ford find Willow, and she immediately goes into full meltdown. (laughs) (laughs) Buffy wants Willow to come clean, and Willow's meltdown pings off the charts, but Buffy just thinks Willow has has been drinking coffee again. She actually does a pretty good fake Cordy laugh. (laughs) And admits it makes her jumpy, and she has to go away, like, right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and super gross, Buffy's trying to match Ford with the costuming. Yucky, right? It's the wrong color. It doesn't quite match. And we I don't think we ever see Buffy in this color again, really. It's not woobie blue at all. No, it's not woobie blue. It's like a weird kind of teal-ish. Yeah, darkish dark. Yeah. yeah. But it's 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 close enough to Ford's that we're like, hey, no, 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 yeah. no. And it's unusual. We don't normally see this. And yeah. Ford's been not matching at all, just as an FYI. He's wearing orange, like creamsicle orange. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Sense it's of. kind of weird. Yeah. yeah. So he's just obviously it, sticking out a little but, bit. But I mean, but it shows again, that Buffy's desire to be a normal girl and the first normal guy who shows up, she's going to try to glom onto him. And oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Giles comes over to give Buffy the number of Jenny's beeper thingy uh, <laughs> if she needs study help. And uh, Buffy tells him that Ford already knows that it isn't for study help. And Giles is worried that Buffy has started yapping all over about being the Slayer in order to impress cute boys. Uh, <laughs> but she says Ford figured it out by himself. Plus, 
Uh, as we have seen and will continue to see in painful detail later in the series, human guys tend to have their fragile masculinity shrivel up when confronted by Buffy's badass slayer status, so that would not be the way to impress cute boys. No, not even a little bit. They're not all like the girls you like, right. Giles. <laughs> right. Or like the, they're not like you and the girls you like, Giles, right. I should say. Giles, you like strong-ass women who yes. are going to, to just handle you. Yes. <laughs> and most guys are not like that at all. Yeah, totally. <laughs> at least not in the Buffyverse. Buffy is, however, very supportive of Giles' date as he has been with her own and with her relationship with Angel. Uh, so that's a nice touch. Uh, that evening, Buffy is giving Ford a more formal tour, tour of Sunnydale. She tells him that dull is a natural reaction to Sunnydale in general, <laughs> and he agrees until they see a couple running around in vamp- a vampy sort of way. Uh, <laughs> she gets a steak and hands him a cross, uh, and he's brought his own steak as well. Always prepared, Which that Ford. gets a little bit of an askance look. Uh-huh. Yeah, and Buffy's wearing red now, uh-huh. which means something. And that does not go with that outfit. No, it doesn't. That not. red coat. So we thought maybe Little Red Riding Hood or maybe some, some awareness dawning. Yeah, or she's her. putting herself in danger by trusting the wrong person. Something, yeah, something's totally. going on with Buffy. Something's up with Buffy, yeah. especially when it doesn't match. Right. There's a problem. Buffy, what are you doing? Why yeah. are you not matching? Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> but she does look at him like, um, oh. You're the kay. girl here. Yeah. <laughs> Go be a girl. I'm going to go be a dude over here and yeah. like, take care of these vampires. <laughs> go sit there and look pretty for yeah. it. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> she advises him to stay close, as your hero will do to his leading lady. And uh, the lady vamp jumps Buffy. She gets free, but the guy vamp grabs her and they fall over a railing, which really kind of looked like a heart. Yeah. That's an oof. Ow. Um, great work by the stunt people, as always. Uh, while the Slayer is distracted, Ford makes a deal with the lady vamp. Buffy stakes her guy and runs up to help Ford, but he says he took care of it, coughing to imply that he has vampy ashes in his throat. <laughs> he says... Uh, no one does that. I know. He says she <laughs> turned to dust and blew away. He inhaled the whole thing. <laughs> Buffy, do you see any dust? Yes. Uh, she seems to kind of buy it, though. And, and honestly... No fault. At this point, she has, doesn't have any reason not to believe, oh, yeah. believe well, him. Well, she has friends who are able to dust vampires. Right. And she's so... she's, try- she's talking herself into liking him, so this sounds good to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. She doesn't know what he's capable of. She doesn't know what happened in L.A. Right. Yeah. Maybe, no. obviously, he brought a steak. Maybe he's been studying up. Maybe, who knows? Yeah. Uh, Willow and Xander have met up with Angel, and they're going to, uh, to the only address that she could find on Ford. Naturally, it's Sunset Club from earlier with its massively reinforced doors. And Ford, who thinks he's starring in his own TV show, has not learned about P.O. boxes. Sloppy Ford. <laughs> Very sloppy. Very sloppy. <laughs> Willow insists that she didn't find anything incriminating, but Angel is pretty sure that an, the absence of everything is pretty suspicious in itself. Xander says he agrees with Dead Boy and Angel. <laughs> Angel really doesn't want Xander to Just call him that. Me that. <laughs> <laughs> and I think Xander has waffled between Buffy's suitors more than she has in this episode. And Xander, you really can't string guys along like that. People will talk. <laughs> <laughs> Angel knocks and tells the guy in the little sliding speakeasy window that they're friends of Ford. Nicely played, Angel. Not your first rodeo. No. Uh, once they get a look at the free-range goths, uh, Willow, com- <laughs> <laughs> Willow comments how, how well they fit in. <laughs> there are many giggles to be had here, like Bossy the Cow and Sore Thumbs. It's pretty good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Chanterelle has spotted them and is a rather charming hostess, welcoming newcomers who are interested in the lonely ones. Angel clarifies that she means vampires. And Xander says he thinks of them more with the biting. Chanterelle thinks that they aren't in, into actually hurting people. She sort of has a hippie take on vampires, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
uh, Angel calls her a fool, and yeah, Angel, I know, but tone it down, okay? All the stuff I said earlier about rudeness applies to you, too. Although... You found... You yes, got a good something. This is a beginning of him turning. This is a... You know, so we have... If you look at his costuming, does he look like another vampire <laughs> that you can think of? One who always wears a red shirt? Yeah, mm-hmm. and, a, and a long trench coat, although his trench coat here is velvet mm-hmm. and he has a red shirt on so he's looking a little bit like spike little spike and, yeah and we've had a little bit of foreshadowing for that he's going to turn from mm-hmm. drusilla so he's already starting to vibe ahead of his with his future to kind of prepare yeah, yeah there's just a little bit of angelus coming through especially when he's getting spun around by all the stuff going on and having seen drew um which could just psychosomatically mm-hmm. bring out some Angelus. And, and we, we, see later. Yeah, we will absolutely learn that Angelus can be psychosomatic. Oh, yeah. So he's not necessarily being out of character for himself either. <laughs> right. Yes. And then we, of course, draw attention to his outfit. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we the do. Best guy. <laughs> Xander and Willow tell him that he just blew their cover, but Angel has had it with vampire groupies saying that they know absolutely nothing about real vampires and... and... <laughs> And a guy dressed exactly like Angel strolls down the stairs, stares at him for a second, and then continues on his way. <laughs> He's even wearing like exactly the same coat. I know. <laughs> so awesome. And Xander and Willow are amused, as are we. Yes. <laughs> we get one of those great flabbergasted looks from Brianna's. <laughs> He's going on his rant. He's like, I, I, oh. Xander's curious, though, why Ford is hanging out with Buffy if he's so into vampires. And he just blurted all that out right in front of Diego, and whoops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. Like, watch out for the glittery coat guy. <laughs> yeah, he's like right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in the library, Buffy has indeed called the beeper thingy and pulled Giles and Jenny away from their date, which involved monster trucks. Yes, which... Watch Jenny Calendar's colors too. This okay, and I think I think I figured this out. Okay, so Giles is wearing a red tie and has been earlier, and Jenny mm-hmm. of course is wearing red. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna be sad. <laughs> okay. uh, Buffy is mildly horrified and extremely amused by monster trucks, as we all are. <laughs> Mostly the extremely amused part. Yes, and Giles um, chose the wrong thing to wear. his ripper costume would have done much better oh my god wouldn't it oh yeah (laughs) that always he should always wear that outfit yes i'm saying i agree (laughs) and jenny that is just too awesome man (laughs) 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 we adore you for that shit (laughs) and here we go uh (laughs) to feed into our theme jenny initially white lied by deflection about where they were going and i applaud her because getting giles to the monster trucks was the essential part of this plan and then giles (laughs) also lied uh, because he didn't say at any point that he wasn't enjoying the monster trucks. So these, to me, are totally fine kinds of lies. Uh, I think they sort of, they're sort of a dramatic foil used to emphasize the other kinds of lies in this episode, which are not victimless crimes like these are, plus Giles of monster trucks. <laughs> but just wait. <laughs> Buffy wants to talk about how there were vampires on campus, which is why she called the beeper thingy and uh, tells Jenny that she sent Ford home, wherever, wherever that is. Uh, Buffy is proud that Ford staked a vampire in his first adventure. Well, for now. She is, anyway. Uh, but Buffy has spotted Drusilla's picture in one of the books Giles was looking at over his, in, uh, in his research about Spike, which Giles mentioned earlier. Nice job. Yes, that's a great reveal. It and is. a very organic reveal. Absolutely. Instead of the, hey, look at that deus ex machina yep. that just <laughs> happened to fall off the shelf. Exactly. Because Giles <laughs> mentioned way early in the episode, oh, I'm looking up stuff about Spike. Oh, yeah. Um, Buffy asks who she is, and Giles explains, and says that Drew was killed by a mob in Prague. Not so much, Buffy says, because she was with Angel. Uh, interestingly... 
Interestingly, Jenny wonders if Angel is supposed to be a good guy, and I think this might be the very first real sign of Jenny's real lie. Ooh, yeah. Brilliantly placed in an episode called Lie to Me. Jenny is, after all, a double agent. In a show where everyone is lying to everyone for different reasons, all varying in severity, two lies, two go undiscovered. And this is one of the most important ones. Of course, the other lie that will stretch between this, beyond this episode is Giles keeping Ripper a secret. So we have our dramatic foil liars drawing attention to the other lies in the episode while masking their own. And oh that's why they're wearing red. Look at your brain. <laughs> <laughs> this show is so brilliant. That is so good. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that no, great? That's amazing. So, I yeah. mean, their lies, their red, uh-huh. are going to cause danger and chaos later. Wow, that is so true. That's yeah. so good. So they're like like our lying sleeper agents. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> so uh, Jenny wants to help do more research on Drew. I bet she does. <laughs> and Giles goes to get his notes and runs right into the vampire that Fork did not stake earlier. The vamp pushes both B- Giles and Buffy out of the way and runs off. So she's pretty fucking strong. And Jenny goes to make sure they're okay and they're fine. But you know, naturally, Giles is most offended that it stole one of his books. Which is an interesting turn of phrase, uh-huh. isn't it? Instead of she. Right. Hmm. Yeah. And like you were saying, drawing attention to Angel's otherness. Yes. We have to start drawing attention to that. Because he's an yeah. it too. I mean, uh-huh. if, if she's an it, he's yeah, also an he it. he's an it. And we're, we're definitely drawing that line between vampires and humans with the vampire mm-hmm. club and what's about to happen as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. So, and Angel is more one of the vampires than he is one of the people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just like uh, Darla pointed out. She sure did, didn't she? Yep. And he pointed out it too. He said, I can walk like a man, but I'm not one. Yeah, because she, she was saying you're not a human, and he was saying I'm not a vampire either. Yeah. But she was like, well, it's not quiche. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jenny's happy that so, that someone is actually just, you know, reading. <laughs> <laughs> and Buffy has recognized the vampire as the one Ford lied about staking. Uh, Drew is trying to convince her very dead bird to sing in Snard. Once yeah. again, you found out some stuff about the symbolism of blackbirds, yeah, so other than St. Benedict, of course. Yes, of course. Um, I mentioned earlier that St. Benedict was tempted by a feeling of lust. Now, this was actually prompted by him being harassed by the devil in the form of a blackbird. Now, so that is our Christian link there. This is what mm-hmm. drove him to feel lusty feelings, throw off his clothes, and then dive into a patch of briars and nettles, mm-hmm. kind of like a blackberry patch, sort of like a briar rabbit sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we also have the blackbird works as a symbol of dark and light in Celtic mythology. Celtic, like, say, Irish uh-huh. Celtic mythology. And who do we know who's Irish with black and white yeah, some some dark and light characteristics. Someone who's been wearing black and white for pretty much his entire time on the show. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Isn't it, though? Somebody who, yes. driven by lust, might make a really bad decision. Yeah. Hmm. So maybe her little song meant more than one thing. Mm-hmm. Well, Drew yeah. sure indicated she has seen a lot. Definitely. Yes. That's and awesome. <laughs> especially the line here that she says, don't you love me anymore? To the bird. Yeah, yeah, to the bird. And then later in the kitchen, Angel says, do you love me too, mm-hmm. Buffy? Ooh, nice, nice, yeah. nice, nice, nice. Which Very is one nice. of those lines that stands out. It did stand out. And we were wondering yeah. at the time, like, what mm-hmm. the hell is this Yeah, about? it just occurred to me that that's I nice. think that's where I that comes from. I think you found from. it. I think yeah. you totally found it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 
And of course, the shadow relationship, the shadow vampire relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, we yeah. get to there. Yeah, definitely. Wow. And and if something about his aspect is dying or has died, what's going to happen next? <laughs> you know, if the balance, if the symbol of the balance between the two is failing. Yeah. <laughs> and I would swear I read something somewhere while we were exploring this this blackbird thing about blackbirds sometimes sometimes symbolizing the human soul. Yes, I I believe they do. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it's rife with symbolism. There's all kinds of blackbird stuff, and birds do different things in different um, mythologies. And if we go into the crows and ravens aspect, then we definitely start getting into some heavy things about knowledge, and uh, and trickery and wisdom and and all kinds of things like that. So yep, and yeah. if the soul is gone, then we get. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if we want to stretch really far, the raven is connected to Odin, who's eyeless, and he's, you know, people lost their eyes in the Blackberry Patch, and that goes to Xander. Sure does, doesn't it? Yeah. So if we really want to draw some, <laughs> some far out connections there, <laughs> we can do that. But I mean, it is there. Yeah, totally is. Mm. So uh, Spike is worried about how uh, Drew's been out hunting. Uh, he's even more worried about how she ran into Angel and is wondering uh, what they talked about. He's so frustrated that he actually snaps at her about the bird being all dead, just like the last one. And so here we see Spike being a little jealous. Sure is. Also wearing uh, the Angel outfit, only his his red is a little hidden. He's got a black t-shirt yeah. underneath it. <laughs> and his coat is leather. It's a Slayer coat. It is a Slayer coat. <laughs> not velvet. No, it is not. And... Yeah, leather will also mean different things in the show. Yes. <laughs> uh, Drew, uh, of course, whimpers and Spike melts into a puddle. Oh, <laughs> it's no. so cute. Oh. He's, he's just uh, offering to get her a not-dead bird when Ford crashes their little party. Ford has an offer for Spike to go with a book that uh, Ford arranged for the blonde vamp to give him. Ford is definitely thinking that he's on his own TV show. <laughs> and <laughs> oh uh, just to clarify, Ford, this is Buffy's show. You have to pull off some serious magic to get the credits changed. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he tells Spike that this is uh, when Spike is supposed to get out a watch and say Ford has 30 seconds to convince him to not get homicidal. Spike <laughs> is already homicidal. And says... <laughs> In response to Ford's assertion that the watch thing is tradition, that he, Spike, is not much for tradition. And it's true, Ford. He even watches TV. Mm-hmm. He's reform. <laughs> he sure is. <laughs> uh, he's about to kill Ford a lot when Drew stops him. Ford's still going on about the stupid watch thing. And Spike relents, telling him he's got 30 seconds. Uh, <laughs> Ford is really excited about this. He tells Spike he wants to be a vampire like him. And Spike has the excellent point of how spending the last two minutes with Ford has been torture. So... Doing something that would make Ford live for a lot longer is a terrible idea. (laughs) (laughs) He asks Drew if it's time to kill Ford yet, but she shakes her head. Uh, Ford offers a trade. He's going to sell out Buffy, and then Spike will vamp him. And oh, that's cute, Ford, really. Yeah. Now we get to hate you for reals. Yeah. We just didn't like you because you were competition for Angel. And <laughs> right. we were shipping that shit. But now, now it's on. It's on, for. And I am suddenly back with, with Xander in the red shirt telling him he's a fucktart. Absolutely. <laughs> Though he still should have shaken his hand. You always shake hands. That's true. He would have done the, the knuckle grinding thing. Oh, that's why you shake hands, man. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you're a chick with a strong grip. You yeah, just, just get her in there. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I can have that fight. It's yeah. a good fight. <laughs> uh, Buffy is stirring a bed, beverage. Actually, rather. Mm. Yes. I think a Xander Ford fight would go a lot like the Xander Harmony fight. <laughs> Absolutely. Maybe that's why Xander <laughs> didn't do it. Probably. Because he knew he'd lose the handshake. <laughs> now 
when I think about it. I think it would go a lot like a different time <laughs> so too. Oh, you know who I bet would win the handshake contest? Cordy. Oh, yeah. I bet she has grip. Yeah. <laughs> I, bet I bet she, she has <laughs> rehearsed her handshake so she can crush yeah, anybody. She could win against, like, Spike. You know, yeah. Like, ow. Ow. <laughs> Absolutely. Ow. <laughs> Pretty much everybody but Buffy, I think, Cordy yeah, could beat. Totally. <laughs> So Buffy is stirring a beverage rather sadly when Angel stops by the door and asks if he can come in. She and thinks he's uh, asking because of the rules of vampire invitation, but he's just being a gentleman. And she is wearing white, like Drusilla, and this uh-huh. is her only white in the entire episode. And Angel's shirt is really red. It's really, like, really whatever red. they're doing to light him, mm-hmm. just like they played with the light on him making him look dead in Willow's room, he mm-hmm. is just popping with the red. It's almost exactly the same color as, as Spike's hidden shirt. Yeah. Um, and so we've got this, this, this mirror. We've got mm-hmm. the vampire couple and then the vampire slayer and vampire couple. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, Angel warns her about Ford and Buffy's still being passive-aggressive Buffy. And she gets uh, digs in about how, how nobody is being what they seem and without talking about anything directly, of course. Uh, Angel says that Willow looked up some stuff on Ford and then they talk to Xander and Buffy's feeling all betrayed because everyone knew but her. And then she finally tells him about Drew and, man, that was a painful process. Yeah, that was <laughs> pulling teeth. Just Buffy. When you see him at the bar, hey, I saw you with this chick last night. Yeah. That's it. Hey. Then you're done. <laughs> like, I saw you with the chick last night. I'm really mad at you. Go away. Right. <laughs> like, who is the chick I saw you with? That's yeah. what people in healthy relationships do, is what I'm saying. Yes. <laughs> you don't try to trap somebody so that you make them lie so you can be pissed at them for lying. Mm-hmm. You just say, I saw you with some chick. That's true. Who but is she? The show is called Lie to Me, so we have to. <laughs> exactly. It sure is. And, you know, Buffy is. A, She's just a teenage girl. I mean, mm-hmm. come on. Yeah, there are a lot totally of there is. are a lot of adult humans who have trouble with that concept of just asking questions and getting answers. Yeah, well, <laughs> the the problem is that you don't actually want the answer. Exactly, and Buffy will do this again and again. Oh yeah, again and again and again, yeah. <laughs> as a lot of us do. Mm-hmm. I've done it too. Uh, she says she's tired of being lied to and Angel says there are some lies that are necessary because the truth is worse. Uh, Buffy sure she can take the truth. Angel asks if she loves him, and she says she does, but that she isn't sure she can trust him. And uh, she wants the truth so she can decide. And see, Buffy, talking about this stuff is good. You even sound pretty fucking mature right now. And kudos for that. Especially drawing the line between love and trust. Right. How that being, that's different. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And just give me the truth and I will filter it because I want to hear it. Yes. And maybe Um, you should keep that distinction in mind for later. Absolutely. Hmm. (laughs) Buffy does learn and adapt, I will say. Yes. Uh, Angel says that he did a shitload of terrible stuff when he was turned. And this is interesting, too. Um... Well, look for it, but I'm pretty sure that Angel talks about himself and Angelus as the same person until, when is it, Miss Nard, when he has his own show and he's trying to explain Angelus to people, right? Yeah, when he's trying to, because he remembers being Angelus. Right. And he still feels as though, you know, like this is kind of why I brought it up earlier, Mm -hmm. um, because he still feels as though he did those things. Right. You know, he remembers his motivation behind it. He knows why he was there. And so he's still owning this. It's his penance. Right. Um, You know, he's, he's got a lot of guilt going on. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) He might add to that soon. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So just like Angelus is able to say, she made me feel like a man, not him. Mm -hmm. So Angelus is having the same problem of thinking of them as being the same being, the same person. Yeah. And also David Boreanaz is heartbreaking in the scene. Oh, he's so good. He's so good. He doesn't get enough credit for his acting. No, he really doesn't. He's subtle. He's he an incredibly subtle actor. You have to watch the corners of his mouth sometimes right. to see the emotions going on. And he is completely tortured trying to tell this, this stuff to Buffy. Oh, yeah. He and doesn't he want to do turns away. It. He turns his back to her. Yeah. Because he can't look at her face. Behind. Yeah. And at one point she turns her head because she can't look at him either. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So he says that of all the horrible things he did, and he is not kidding about that, what he did to Drew was the worst of them. He says that she was an obsession, and Buffy, you should start taking notes. Mm-hmm. Before he got her, she was sweet and pure. She ki- he killed everyone she loved, drove her, in- drove her insane, followed her to a convent, and then turned her after she became a nun. Buffy is clearly disturbed, and this is when she turns her head, uh, but concedes that the truth was her idea. Also very mature, Buffy. Very good. Very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buffy gives her this information, his information on Ford. At school, Ford finds Buffy. Oh. Mm. The yes. window. So mm. the camera pulls out through the window, or we cut oh, to yeah, a cut oh, yeah. to yeah, the yeah, shot yeah. through the window. And this is visual storytelling 101. So we, not only are they veiled through this lace, mm-hmm. this gauzy lace, it makes them feel vulnerable, but also cut off because we're looking at them through the window. So it's almost like someone's looking. Mm-hmm. And then... <laughs> <laughs> and if you can hear a cat, that's our neighbor's cat. It's not ours, but he wants to be. Um, <laughs> he's outside the window. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, and then speaking of being through the window, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was so it was it was him. Yeah, it is. Yeah. The yeah, yeah. Um, so they are on either side of this panel, and then there's a division in between where the curtains mm-hmm. are split, and so it's showing a division between the two of them. Yeah, in this very very <laughs> really vulnerable brilliant. state. Yeah, it's a, and, it's a brilliant shot. Yeah. Like this yeah. is this is how you frame a major moment in film. Mm-hmm. Right yeah, here. it's so good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at school, Ford finds Buffy uh, talking about the super awesome time he had the night before, and it's Buffy's turn to start dishing out the real lies. <laughs> 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 he gets his trap all set up. They'll meet that night at nine o'clock, and she agrees to it. Willow and Xander want Buffy to know that their in- intentions are good. Uh, she's a little cold with them, and I totally get that. Uh, Xander asks if she's figured out Ford's endgame, and I love the way Sarah Michelle Geller does this line. Instead of, I will, as you'd expect, she says, I will. Yes. Buffy's and a slayer again. She's in black. She is, she's wearing pretty much the same outfit as last night, the shirt, only in black. Mm-hmm. She's so. the one girl in all the world, and she will handle it. Mm-hmm. Buffy leaves, and Xander expresses surprise that Angel was in Willow's bedroom. She says that ours is a forbidden love. <laughs> 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 and Angel I, has this effect on the Scoobies. He spends one-on-one time with them, and they love him. I know. It's charming. <laughs> yeah. And I and okay, and and nice comic relief to get us aligned for the rest of the episode. Very yes. very nice. Little breath. Uh, Ford is worried about everything being ready, and it sure seems to be. Except when Diego mentions how Ford's buddies stopped by. Ford is upset by this. He keeps reassuring them that everything is going to be fine, but Buffy, who has just come in, is pretty sure that it isn't going to be fine at all. And she's in reverse angel, yeah, white over black. And eventually she'll take that white off, and it'll be all black, all it slayer. Will be. Yeah. yeah. Um, she calls Ford out on being a lying scumbag. He says everyone lies, and yes. But Ford, will you not pay attention to the episode? They showed us every kind of lie you can have, and yours involves selling out the Slayer, whose show this actually is. So yeah, pretty fucking da- yeah. bad, dude. I and mean, come your on, friends. Like you have, yeah. you have corralled lamb for the slaughter. Absolutely, lambs, lamb, 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 lammies, lammies. <laughs> yeah, you have a herd, a sheep a herd, a B- bunch, bunch of lammies. That's, <laughs> that's the technical it's term. A, a bevy of. <laughs> A, p- a pile of lammies. Yeah. Uh, so um, Buffy wants a... A, a whammy of wannabes? <laughs> yeah, a whammy of wannabes. <laughs> oh, Buffy wants to know what is really going on, and Ford thinks she wouldn't understand. Yeah, Ford, she would. Buffy says, having learned this lesson from her conversation with Angel, that she doesn't need to understand, but she needs to know. Very mm-hmm. nice, Buffy. He says he wants to be a vampire, and Buffy figures it all out really fast from there. He was going to trade her for it. Uh, he says he was, uh, 
he says he was counting on her putting the pieces together and she's fallen into his actual trap and not the fake trap he double lied about. Uh, we know it's true, too, because that's the reason for all the welding. Just trap the Slayer. <sighs> good job, show. Nice job. Yeah. This episode is so tight. So good. Still thinking that he's, uh, in his own TV show, Ford says that everything happened the way he had it in his head and uh, the, that the plan is already in motion. Diego slams the door and Buffy confirms that she's trapped. Buffy points out that she's pretty sure they're all completely fucked. <laughs> but they're sure that they're going to become vampires. And isn't that just super fun? Uh, Buffy's, <laughs> Buffy's sure that that's most certainly not fun at all. Uh, Ford has turned into quite the smug little fucker at this point, gloating about his plan. The other folks can't figure out why Buffy isn't excited about being traded so she can be killed and they can be vampified. Um, yeah, I can't see why she'd have a problem with that plan at all. Especially since even if she isn't killed, she has to stake all those fuckers after they get turned. Yeah, like you're just making more work. <laughs> I know. It's a lot I'm of I'm going to have to stake you bitches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am tired, okay? I'm very tired right now. I have a big thing with my boyfriend. Just over it. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, unlike any of them, Buffy actually knows what vampires are like. She may not have all the exact details, and some will surprise her, absolutely. But she's got a very, very good idea of how 99% of them act. So she's confident that they've just delivered themselves as Spike and Drusilla's entrees and in at the all-you-can-eat moron bar, which is a nice touch, Buffy. <laughs> <Yes>. um, <laughs> Diego thinks that trying to gag the Slayer is a good idea, and Diego will just let you go first with that. Oh, yeah. Have fun. Also, <laughs> in this scene, we're having all these great shots of the walls mm-hmm. you Oh know, yeah, behind. This is interesting. So there's all this art that looks like it's from, say, the French Renaissance. It's from a yeah, or a bit so, ago. or about that time, or maybe about Angel's time. Mm-hmm. But it's what's confusing to me, and it's always confused me, is why is it these paintings and not say like vampire posters, right? Or you know, there especially this is the '90s, guys. Like right. there was so much vampire <laughs> glam art out there. Absolutely, come on. I mean, this is the days of Lisa Frank and the Unicorns. We could find anything <laughs> yeah. we wanted to. Yeah. So. We're kind of thinking it has some kind of a link in with Buffy's history class because that was a big feature, you know, in Angel of the Episode, like we talked about. Yeah, totally. Like I a think historical it's, kind of a... Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's know. history coming present, right? I think. And it's... And it's a warning. Yeah, it's a warning. And it's also, you know, it's all these people. It's portraits that are looking into the room mm-hmm. as well. It's like history is watching you. Yeah, kind of judging you. Like this yeah. is a horrible idea kind of a thing. Yeah, totally. So it's, there's something really interesting. Ooh, there's something really and, rich um, there. And people who have, have all passed before, have all died before. Oh, yeah. So we kind of get into that with, um, well, later. Um, yeah, that's a good point. So they've all gone where Ford is so afraid of going. Yeah, that's a really good point. And they've been all been immortalized, Absolutely. so to speak. Yeah, in yeah, a young and pretty way. and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so uh, that's you know nice work. Hmm. I don't quite know what Very they're trying inter- to but do. Really with it, interesting. But it's, yeah, and it's it's an eerie effect it to is. have all these portraits instead of things that you would expect, or just the the sconces and everything, yeah. um, which they do have. Like to have all these old paintings just staring at absolutely you. staring at you. Yeah, um, Diego is highly offended by what Buffy is doing, uh, which, as Buffy points out, would be trying to save the, his life even though he's a fucking idiot. And uh, God! <laughs> oh, I love this part. I, lo- I love how his outfit distracts her mid-rant. And, and, I've got, and the reason they do this, of course, uh, we only got a tiny breath with Willow's joke earlier, so they're giving us another little dose of comic relief, another nice big breath to get us through the intensity of the rest of this episode. And mm-hmm. it is intense. Oh, man. And, and always the fashion sense, Buffy. I love that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and indeed, Diego is not even a vampire yet and is already dressing worse than most of them. <laughs> He's such a 
Schmendrick. <laughs> he is a Schmendrick. <laughs> He's so bad. <laughs> um, Ford announces that it's sunset and Buffy looks like she'd rather just clack all their heads together and then start throwing their lifeless bodies at the locked door. <laughs> and I think we would wholeheartedly support her in that. Oh, yes. <laughs> Uh, Spike is giving orders to his vamps and wants to make sure Drew is feeling strong enough to go through with it um, and go with them. She is, uh, and, and uh, she wants a treat, and I think it's implied here, but Spike was planning to feed Buffy to Drew, yes? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I, well, I imagine, so Drew is sick, mm-hmm. and Slayer Blood, as we know from the Master, has certain powers. <laughs> Even though we have a theory. Yeah, that it <laughs> and doesn't a theory really. At the time, that it kind of takes away your power. <laughs> yeah, it really yeah. does. But I, I bet because he's had Slayer Blood and he's felt the jolt. Mm-hmm. He thinks it, it. Would, is long-lasting jolt. Yeah, yeah. And, and if you could feed a shadow self her shadow, mm-hmm. um, maybe that would, you know, it's, it's worth a try. It's totally worth a try. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think that he's totally intending on feeding Buffy to mm-hmm. Drew. And uh, I think he thinks that it would, if not heal her, prolong what she has left until they can find a cure. Absolutely. For yeah. whatever that mob did to her. Yeah, I think yeah. so, too. Um, and I love the emphasis on how un- unconventional they are since they'll be taking Spike's car. <laughs> I know. Yeah, and the focus on the keys. I love it. It's like you do something big or dramatic and keys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Buffy's still checking for an escape, and Ford says that her refusal to give up makes her just like him. Buffy is completely not convinced, you know, because Ford is 100% wrong, even after you have all the facts. She's nothing like you, Ford. Absolutely nothing. No. Well, if if anything, since we've been drawing, you know, we have the whole Blackberry Mm -hmm. around the the Messiah's head and everything. Mm -hmm. He's a false Messiah. Absolutely. He is leading his lambs to slaughter, not salvation, and he will die and be resurrected but he will come back as wrong as you can as wrong as possible unlike well it's it's a it's sort of an antichrist kind of thing yeah oh yeah he's Mm -hmm. totally an antichrist he's positioning himself in the same way and even even in a lucifer aspect Uh of saying just give into it this is the way it's and the way that um and the way that he's lit he's got it he'll he'll, for the rest of um the the next scene or so he's uh he's got his head down is the lighting is it's very lucifer and he oh, looks yeah. up and he's he's kind of got the smile and it's i mean it's completely absolutely yeah definitely um buffy has figured out the rest of his plan sacrifice everyone in the club plus the slayer and then ford gets turned he says he's in and that's all that matters buffy tells him what she learned from giles which isn't all true but it's kind of true that a demon takes your face and your memories but it isn't you anymore ford thinks this is just fine with him since it's better than nothing Buffy tells him that the victims of his bullshit don't deserve to die, and he finally tells her that he doesn't either, but he will, because he has a brain tumor. Then he totally misreads Buffy, thinking that the look on her face is her feeling bad for misjudging him or something, taunting her that, about him screwing up her righteous anger riff. But no, uh, what we saw on her face, or at least what I think, and I think you agree, mm-hmm. um, what, that what we saw on her face was recognition. Yes. When Buffy's time came, came, she didn't have six months like he does. She had less than a day. She says she's sorry for what is happening to him, but he's still wrong. He describes his symptoms, and yes, they do sound awful, but he's still wrong. Yeah, and um, the framing on her is, I need to rewind and actually look, but mm-hmm. it's so reminiscent of Giles, I'm 16 yeah, years old. It's I that close, die. tight framing. Yeah, and even I think when she turns and flips her hair. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it totally reminds me of that scene, and it's supposed to, mm-hmm. um, because that's, Yeah. That's where she grappled with this choice, and she made yeah, the right exactly. one instead. Well, that's the direct parallel. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's it's beautiful. Uh, he says that the other members of his his club are sheep, and that they want to be turned because they've got stuff they don't like uh, about their lives. But he thinks that he's above them because he doesn't have a choice. And this 
is the moment where this episode goes from a really cool episode to an absolutely beautiful transcendent episode. Buffy says that no, he has a choice. He doesn't have a good choice, but he has a choice. And as we know, Buffy isn't just bullshitting here. She had what was basically the exact same choice in Prophecy Girl. Live at the expense of others or choose to die. She chose death and she died and she'll do it again too. Oh yeah. She learned this from Sid in the puppet show and she will refuse time and time again to let things just happen to her. When Buffy is herself, she will always make her own choices because whether they are right or wrong, they are hers. She is Manus, after all, the hand. She acts. She is not acted upon. We will know when Buffy starts to lose herself because she starts letting things happen to her. She stops choosing for herself, and we will know when she starts to find herself again because she starts making choices. This is one of the defining elements of her character, and maybe the most important one. She's referred to many times as the chosen one, and she is also the one who chooses. So no, Ford, you don't, have to, you don't get to sit back and say you don't have a choice because you fucking do. And the gal standing right in front of you made the right one when, when her number was up. Uh, he is offended that Buffy, who, if he just stopped being such a pompous fucker for two seconds, would probably tell him what it's, it's like to make that kind of choice, thinks he needs to justify himself to her. And uh, she's got him all sized up pretty well here, telling him that he's not on his own TV show, you know, because it's hers. <laughs> 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 she's pretty sure that he thought he was going to tell her about his terminal illness and she feels sorry for him. She says she does feel sorry for him, just sorry enough to kill him before the vampires turn, can turn him. He's not hearing her at all at this point. And she's still trying to get everyone to listen to her as Spike and his crew pull up. Uh, Ford sucker punches Buffy with looks like some kind of an implement, uh, sending her down the stairs and then hits her in the back with it. And it's a crowbar. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you're a real fucking hero, Ford. Seriously. Chanterelle goes up the stairs, eager to meet the totally nonviolent lonely ones. Uh, <laughs> she seems to have second thoughts when, uh, when she sees Spike, though, as she should, because he tells uh, his folks to take them all and then save him the Slayer and then bites Chanterelle. Oh, yeah, that was Crowbar. Uh, uh-huh. Ford was pounding on Buffy with. Uh, she's kind of scary when you're not hitting her in the back, though, Ford. <laughs> illustrating my point, Buffy throws him into a wall, knocking him out rather easily. Uh, she sees that it wasn't, uh, she isn't looking so good for the wannabe vampires as they're all being enthusiastically fed upon. Oh, but yes. she spots and, Drusilla. And positioned in rather rapey ways. Very rapey. Yeah. Very rapey. Yes. And vampire as is bites. by the take them all. Uh huh. And yeah. vampire bites will be frequently associated with rape. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to get into that. A lot yes. later. And, and there's even some issues about consent here and there, you know, huge, where we do have some... Huge issues with consent. Yeah, just interesting. Yes. And also used for hilarity in <laughs> yes. one episode. <laughs> Which is a little reminiscent of this one, I gotta say. Yeah. Negotiating, saying, don't bite me if I have bad news for you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so Buffy sees Drew and she's got a plan. She jumps up onto uh, the upper level and grabs Drew, aiming a stake at her heart and calling to Spike. He sees Drew's predicament and tells everyone to stop feeding. Buffy, awesomely badass, tells Spike to let everyone stay... Uh, blah, blah. Er. <laughs> Buffy, awesomely badass, tells Spike to let everyone else out or your girlfriend fits in an ashtray. <laughs> nice one, <laughs> yes. Buffy. And Drusilla's actually scared of she Buffy. She is scared. And, and this, is the, this is what we do on this show. You've got <laughs> scary versus scarier. Mm-hmm. Darla explained that very well to us. Drew is scary, but right now, Buffy is scarier. She is, and she's in black and Drew's in white. <laughs> and Buffy's and... a pissed off slayer. Yeah. Look out. And I would say at this point, Buffy's Almost all Slayer. I'd say she's 75% Slayer right yeah. now. <laughs> she has been pissed off she, enough for long enough uh-huh. that she is done. Yes. She's there's... just so sick of fucking around. There's <laughs> yes. nothing to hold back on. Like, she either saves herself or nobody. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and there's she, she pulls back right at the very end 
uh, from being a hundred percent Slayer, mm-hmm. and she pulls back by herself with no friends backing her up. So that's actually really, really admirable. Oh, yeah. um, so Spike agrees and and uh, tells them to let everyone go. Buffy, true to her word, not going full one hundred percent Slayer, tosses Drew at Spike and darts out, slamming the door behind her. Spike immediately notices the lack of doorknob. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um. <laughs> Where's the doorknob? Yeah. Outside, Angel Willow and Xander run up, concerned, logically. Uh, Buffy explains the situation, saying that the vampires are contained and she'll be back later for Ford's body. Inside, Ford has regained consciousness after getting his ass kicked by Buffy, and Spike is not at all pleased. Ford doesn't really read in the room too well and demands his reward. And it isn't really his reward, I don't think, but Buffy's punishment that he gets in the end. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Well, and it, I think it's um, it's interesting that Buffy chooses not to kill Drew. It's strategically smart because... Spike would be completely unhinged. Oh, yeah, he, yeah. Would, he would go full vampire. Mm-hmm. And I think she knows that. But I also think she spares Drew on a certain level because of Angel. I because think so too, actually. Because she, she, she just has can't. Been, well, and, and she just found out what Drew went through. Yeah. So she empathizes now. She, I mean... She's like, okay, this is not just a scary vampire. This is someone who's been tortured. Totally. Tortured. And, and when Drew is standing up on, on the upper level, she's <laughs> like almost exactly on the mark where Buffy was when she was talking yeah. to Ford. Yeah. Well, she so, still, and when Buffy still had her white on. Yeah. So she, we're and, drawing yeah. this line um, between the two. And yeah, I, I, I fully support, even though it would have saved everyone a lot later uh <laughs> especially on angel's show yeah i i fully support her not killing drew in the moment it, it would have been terrible it would have I, I been mean, really terrible it would have been <laughs> for me there are, i mean there are definitely moments in the show where where buffy loses her hero status uh, mm-hmm. for me big time um where she does things that are i find repulsive yeah um and not really necessary a lot of the time um but this would have been up there if she mm-hmm. had staked drew yeah, definitely. Even though she would have been justified and it would have been so within she's a vampire. job description. She's a big, scary vampire. Yeah, but, but knowing what Angel did, having seen Angel not kill her. Right. Knowing what Drew, that Drew was tortured forever and she is basically insane, made insane yep. by Angelus. Um, and uh, also, I mean, she would have, she had a deal with Spike right there. It was like a handshake deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you let these people go and I'll give you Drew back. And yeah. to violate that would have been kind of unseemly. And yep. evil. It would have been Absolutely. an evil act. I mean, yeah, yeah. It would have been. She had, but she wasn't wearing her black leather pants. So exactly. Drew was. Safe. That's when you have to look out. Yeah. <laughs> Either the red leather pants or the black leather pants. Look the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Buffy does go back to the club, finding as she knew she would uh, Ford's body. Um, later, she sets flowers on his grave, but she isn't sure what to say. She tells Giles, who of course is the only one she brought with her. Um, it would be easier if she could just hate Ford and thinks that's probably what he was after. But she can't. She yeah. understands him though. Uh, she had those few hours after she found out about the prophecy and said she quit. And she knows he was just scared because she was too. Buffy says that nothing is ever simple anymore and she's having trouble with all the gray areas in her life. Giles agrees, pointing out the show's metaphor of slaying equaling adulthood. Uh, she'd like to stop growing up and he says he wouldn't mind either. She asks if it ever gets easy and just then the vamped Ford bursts out of his grave. Buffy stakes him quickly and efficiently since it's one of the reasons they were there. She stares at where Ford's ashes scattered and she stares... I mean, she's devastated. Oh, she is. Well, and she's, she's in all red. Yeah, she like is. head to toe, except for her Giles jacket. Yeah, and yeah, and interesting. This is Giles jacket. She's yeah, gained, it's showing it she's gained wisdom from and this experience. We don't see her. It's just like we don't see her in that color blue again. I don't think we don't see her in this outfit ever again. Yeah, I don't think so either, either. One of these items. So this is a, um, a an outfit of special circumstance. Yeah, absolutely. In our narrative, and 
she, I mean, she's holding it together because she's the Slayer. Mm-hmm. But she's falling apart on the inside. That oh, was yeah. hard. That was a hard staking for her. Oh, yeah. Um, Giles, providing a distraction she needs, clarifies that if she's uh, wondering if life, life ever gets easy, and of course she is. He clearly isn't quite sure what to say because no isn't what Buffy needs to hear right now, whether it's true or not. Uh, she asks him to lie to her. And oh my, <laughs> does he ever? And it's really beautiful and possibly one of the saddest things I've ever heard because every word of his speech is a lie and none of us want it to be. <clears throat> yes, it's terribly simple. The good guys are always stalwart and true. The bad guys are easily distinguished by their pointy horns or black hats. And we always defeat them and save the day. No one ever dies and everybody lives happily ever after. And Buffy adds the perfect punctuation. Liar. <laughs> I love this episode. Yeah. It's really I'm actually good. tearing up a little bit. Yeah, right I, I tear up every time I hear yeah. that speech. Yep, yes. absolutely. And there, there's a GIF that Jen made. I will, po- I will post the GIF on my little Jen blog uh, yes. on our website. Yes, we uh, have a Jen blog now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, and up there, uh, I've got a list of our episode order um, mm-hmm. pretty much through the end of Angel the Series. Uh, it's going to change a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> but that is damned impressive. <laughs> it's, pretty, it's, yeah. huge. it's huge. Yeah. Um, yeah, so gosh, this episode, man. Mm-hmm. It is, is, it is so much bigger than I realized, as, as much as Buffy is. It's so mm-hmm. much bigger than I ever realized. And this one is just huge. It mm. is, yeah. And Buffy, de- Buffy defines herself as, I will choose. When I am Buffy, Slayer of the Vampires, mm-hmm. I will choose for myself, period. And yes. she does it. Yes. And she does it and does it and does it. Absolutely. And we are also setting up this lovely support she has with Giles. Yes. Just in time to take it away. Yeah, just in time. In the next episode, and, and that's why this is the Ripper arc. Yeah, I mean, which it's the it's when she discovers that the good guys are not always Star Wars and true, and yeah. and that's I mean, and he is lying so bad because he knows from firsthand experience. Like it's not even just that this is a beautiful lie that he knows in a theoretical fashion. Right, he's he's lived this lie. Yeah, you know, he has been through this. He and he knows. I mean, he knows with every fiber of him of himself that every word he just said was a lie mm-hmm. to her. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, which which actually, that kind of calls forward to Angel in a you couldn't even tell a scared little girl a beautiful lie yeah. line, doesn't it? I was thinking yeah. that, one. and that that episode of Angel, I mean, I think it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> I, I, I'm looking forward I, to talking I about that. I don't understand why you. people don't like Elizabeth Rom. <laughs> I think she's so good. Well, I think they just have to watch her the way you watch her. <laughs> she, it's hilarious. You that know. speech is hilarious. But yeah. yeah, it's that that is a parody. That mm-hmm. scene, you couldn't even tell a little girl beautiful lie, is a parody of this. And oh, it's, it totally ma- it's is. meant to be funny. Yeah. And it, it's, it's meant to be a parody of this very serious idea that, that people will lie to children to mm-hmm. make them feel better. Um, but Giles just did it, you know, even though Buffy knew it was a lie the whole time as well. It's, uh, there is something, there's sort of a salve to it. It's, it's, a, it's a soothing thing. That yeah, you well, can do. Why, we're watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer to yeah. feel better about the real world. It's, <laughs> very true. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, been part yeah. of my, it's been part of my grieving process since the very beginning. Oh, yeah. Um, it, and it's, it's a very cathartic thing. And, and to have the show lie to you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's why we watch TV. Yeah. To you be see, lied to for a little while. You sit down and say, lie to me. Yeah. You know, like the Winchesters always come back from the dead and keep winning. Right. <laughs> no matter how bad it gets, <laughs> someone's always going to ex mach another way in there uh-huh. and we're still going to believe it. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. So. Yeah. Yeah. Just a great episode. Mm-hmm. An amazing episode. Yeah. It was yeah. really, really good. And so and, much stuff. Uh, I'm sure we yeah. missed like 20 million oh, yeah. things. And please, please, please let us know. Info at DiogenesClubPodcast.com or go to our website and comment on the post or go to Facebook and comment or just post on there or uh, anything else you may want to do. Carry a pigeon. We don't care. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, that'd be so cute. 
Yeah. <laughs> I want a pigeon. Yeah. Badass. Yeah, I'll take a pigeon. Although um, the exploding vampiregram, not so much. Oh, yeah, not so much. No. Yeah. But not, a cute little pigeon. Not into that. Yeah. It'd be awesome. We'll take a pigeon. <laughs> think we've talked this one to death yeah yeah i think we have because we have to move on we have another episode to post today we sure do yep it'll be good we'll see you next time <laughs> this is after all the dietary club podcast where all members are exceptional lie to me bitches <laughs>